Watch the update required podcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST on YouTube. The intro. Yo, what's up, everybody? Fornitron here. <laughs> Yo, it's, it's J Retro. F your intros. Yeah, just before we're I just dropped in, I was in. like, fuck the intro. Let's just drop in. We're just, we're just, we're dropping in. We're dropping in hot. Dropping F bombs. We're dropping in hot. Let's go, Maverick. You know, you know what you're watching. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to introduce the show. You know what it is. The yeah, update required. Broadcast. You know what this shit is. All 28 of you. Is. You know what's up. Uh, <laughs> I heard <laughs> I heard a uh, fucking Top Gun Maverick is fucking hot shit. Like, it's, that's the word that's going out right now. You know, you know who told me that last night is my mom's. So I know it's true because my mom's told me moms don't lie. Yeah, but also our moms probably had a nut busted in them during the first one and then that's that's why we're here like, <laughs> like that movie's a cultural icon it's, is a, there, it's a cultural icon is there a bad 80s sex scene in top gun like is there like a bed sheets i don't think there is one. hand moment i don't think there is it's, it sets it apart because there it's is just romance I can't remember what movie it is, but it has Quentin Tarantino in it, and he makes a rant that Top Gun, the original Top Gun, is secretly about uh, Maverick's uh, closeted homosexuality that he wants to get out of. And, like, he's fighting, like, am I straight? Am I gay? And, like, he, like, he's with that girl, but, like, you never see them, like, hooking up or, like, anything. And then, but he has this, like, really awesome romance with fucking Iceman. And then, yeah, like, I don't know. It's pretty good rent. <laughs> it's a heroic friendship. That's the term I learned in university where. It's a heroic like, friendship. That's what, that's what the Greeks called it, where it was like, because, like, we were reading, like, the Odyssey or something. This girl was like, are these two hero characters banging? Because they kind of have, like, a banging vibe. And it was like, oh, yeah, it's the heroic friendship. It's like a friendship so close that it borders on a romance. Yeah, uh, and it was like common from for like men who had gone through war together or something, and then uh, people started being like, "Oh, like Batman and Robin, or like Sam and Frodo." And my teacher was like, "Exactly, yeah, Hero- heroic friendship." And you're like, "Are are they uh, are they a couple?" It's like, "Why well, kind of?" Maybe that shit was like of. super woke for its time. We don't know. Yeah, man, we don't know. We don't know. Don't and like, no, we don't judge. Whatever. Yeah, whatever, man. Like once again. That's yeah, cool. like you can, you can like fucking Ice Man was hot. Like Val Kilmer was. Fucking... I was gonna say you're, you're gonna tell me you wouldn't have tried to date young Val Kilmer. Totally, like like that Natalie... one streak of suntan lotion down his nose and those yeah. little tight shorts playing volleyball. Yeah, dude. Come like on. Natalie Portman's <laughs> biceps are fake in the new Thor movie, and yeah, Val Kilmer was hot in the '80s. Whatever, good stuff. He's in rough shape, eh? You see that documentary he made about his life? It's sad. That's sad. Super sad. It's super sad. Uh, yeah, let's move on from that one quickly. Yeah, let's. let's, <laughs> let's uh, Sorry, Val, but we don't want to bring the show down too yeah, hard. We hope you all the best. We're glad that you're included in the new Top Gun, but yeah, uh, rough, rough, yeah. rough Mo- stuff. Moving along, unfortunately. Moving here along we here. We were talking before we dropped in this podcast. We were just talking about how the fuck the economy is just brutal these days, and um we want to give a shout out to all of you out there hope you're doing okay hope uh you're surviving we're all just like making our way by uh yeah it's getting rough like you go to the grocery store and what did i I bought eggs and i bought buns and i bought like a case a 12 pack of soda pop and it was like over twenty dollars i was gonna say that that's like fifty dollars right there these days it's like yeah it's 
nuts. I remember getting a like, and then this is the old. I remember in my day, uh, a twelve pack, <laughs> olden times, <laughs> a twelve pack of soda pop was like under five dollars, and like most times you would be like, oh, I don't want to spend five dollars. I'll get the the store brand for two ninety nine. Um, yeah. And the thing of eggs used to always be like two bucks or like three bucks. And then like buns were like a dollar. Like they were like cheap as shit. And then now it's just like every every possible reason that you could think of. There's like, yeah, we got to hike up the price. Yeah, no, it's everything now. It's crazy from like, you know, going to see a movie to gas for your car to food or just like any basic expense now for sure. And like. If you're like us and you want to, I don't know, go see the new Marvel movie and then buy a bunch of video games, like, it's tough times, guys, is all I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah, shout-outs to all of you trying to make smarter choices and investments. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a recession. Yay. <laughs> it's a recession. Um, Hooray, recession times. Yeah, like... It's like I'm kind of glad that I'm the type of person that plays like the one game all year, every year. And I'm just like, yo, I'm just going to keep playing Elden Ring and then back to Dark Souls that I already own. Uh, I tried out some games on Game Pass, but like even now, like I'm starting to be like, maybe I need to just like cut out most subscription services because like it's just not the time for it. I'm canceling my PS Plus as of uh, next month. It lapses on, I believe, June 23rd, and I already turned off the auto-subscribe because I was like, I barely use my PS4 Pro right now. Like, it's definitely mainly the PC, uh, the Xbox, and then I would say the Switch. Like, those are the top three, and the PS4 Pro just kind of, like, gets turned on now and again. So I, we talked about that before. I was like, I'd be better off just, like, buying the couple of Sony exclusives I care about while they're on sale, like I did with Spider-Man. Uh, and like for FF seven, I might even just buy like integrate. Like I might just buy the one on PC while it's on sale. I think it's like 50 bucks on Epic store right now or something. Yeah. And then um, you can use your so, yeah. 25% off coupon. <clears throat> exactly. So I think that you got to really think right now about exactly like wise investments. I cut off uh, a couple of my subscription services already and stuff. And I think a lot of people are making, similar moves right now for sure um but yeah like you know there's no reason you need to quit gaming i feel uh lucky in the same way you do where you know not only like do you get that constant value from game pass or like free games on the epic store like we just got the bioshock collection for free so like if you're on pc and you're still one of those people hating on the epic store you're a fool because i have like 90 free games from the epic store in like a year of using it uh, which is great value right there. But I feel super uh, privileged just that I have a very large backlog that I've been building over the past bunch of years while times weren't as hard. Uh, so now I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. Like I could not buy games for a couple years and just play all the stuff I own and I'll still never finish it. So, you know, at least yeah. I'm in that position. Which like, again, I think people have been frugal but even more so now they're being a little mm -hmm. bit more frugal with their investments and i think that's a good thing it's a bad thing it's a good thing um i do think like you're not going to see as much frivolous spending because when the pandy hit like we're all at home but we all had our big adult jobs and we're just at home doing nothing and then we had that that disposable income and then so that's why like game sales and like all this stuff went through the roof but now like it's kind of like the the recession's been rough on a lot of people and then now we don't have that disposable income and then we're also back to work a lot of us so like you're gonna see a tightening on a lot of those things and gaming's one of them like all leisure 100%. activities 
So yeah, like I think people are just like looking out for maybe like that one big release each year or like maybe every six months at the at the most. Uh, but I definitely think right now is not a time for people to be trying out new games that they've never played before or don't trust. So at like, least not in full price. Yeah, like this is the time I think for things like free games on the Epic Store, Game Pass, uh, economic ways to get your hands on games and try them out. Right, trials if you can find like demos when they do like the free week of play on Xbox Live, all that sort of stuff. Take advantage of it. Um, I know Nintendo does game trials from time to time as part of their subscription service too. So for sure. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like if you still buy physicals and your friends buy physicals, like trade games, man, like, like the old days, like we used to do in high school, be like, yeah, when I finish this, I'll give it to you. If you like, give me that when you finish that. (laughs) Or if you're a fucking lunatic and you own both the digital copy and a physical copy, lend out your physical copy to a friend. So I just, I lent um, our mutual friend, Bryn, who's been on the show before I, I lent him out Returnal. Um, and then he's, and then we've been playing that and that's been a lot of fun. But it's funny, I was just watching a video last night about this guy talking about uh, if you're gonna buy 4K Blu-rays, like you'll often get like the 4K, the Blu-ray and a digital code. And he was like, they say they're not for resale, but if you just go to Blu-ray.com, they have like entire forums of people like with like posts of movies they're looking for and people selling these digital codes for like eight bucks. So you can go buy like a $32 4K Blu-ray, like recoup $8 of your expenses. And now, you know, it didn't cost you as much in theory, uh, you know, but it's kind of great gray area legal uh, for those of you that care about that at all. But I, I agree, like in the modern age, if anything, I think like everybody wins in that scenario realistically, because you could be like, oh, we're not getting that eight bucks if you're the movie company. But I'm like, yeah, but that guy that's out there buying physical media is just going to buy more 4K Blu-rays because he can get eight dollars back every time than he would have if he couldn't. Right. Because it's a smaller investment for him now. So it still just results in the company actually selling more media. Uh, and I would think it would be the same for game companies. Like, I'd be surprised if they come, would ever come after somebody for like selling the digital code from a game that they bought. Like, for one, how are they going to know? And for two, I think once again, it's just like everyone actually wins in that scenario. It just means you'll just go spend that money on more games. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, you know what's funny is this is not something we're going to talk about tonight, but you kind you told me about this earlier. Um, People are like canceling their subscription services to like Game Pass and PlayStation, and like you, and you're canceling yours for PlayStation Plus because of like a lack of perceived games that people mm-hmm. aren't seeing on there. And I find that funny as well. And you kind of have this is how I interpret it like, you kind of have two different kinds of shoppers. So you have the kind of shoppers who are just looking for an easy way to have an access to a large library of gaming for a really low buy-in price, for for a low cost. And then you have the shopper who is looking for the AAA exclusive or like the high tier, and they also want to get into that and then to be able to be like, I've played all these AAA games for a low cost. And yeah, like I think the first customer... They're always going to win because they've come in with the right expectations. And then the second customer, it's like, well, these companies can't keep just like releasing like these free blockbusters every single month. And it's like they're going to have dry spells like 
PlayStation Plus, I feel like early 2021, like late 2020, early 2021, every month it was like awesome game after awesome game. And then it's been like dog shit for like probably a year. Like it's like there has there's been like a couple okay games, but it's been like, yeah, these are shit. Like, yeah, here, take them for free. Uh, but yeah, like I just find if you're going into these things with the wrong expectations, you're going to be ultimately let down. So that's, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's accurate. I think that basically, I think you nailed it on the head. Like you can't keep that stream of games coming out consistently, like huge titles like that, no matter what company you are, what your budget is like stuff takes development time. So you just, you can't expect that. Um, and you see that with streaming services of all sorts, it'll be like, you know, Netflix will release the new season of stranger things and everyone will have a huge boner for that for a while. And then like, they won't have any real like content of note of their own for a while. And you're just kind of watching old movies. Yeah. Uh, Everything goes through dry spells because yeah, it's just things, things take development time. They take a budget. Um, and I think game pass like has been pretty consistent as far as having big blockbuster titles. It hasn't always had big blockbuster first party titles is definitely a a worthy uh, criticism of it, I think, you know, because like uh, that was one of those articles I was reading recently. Like the guy was saying it only really had like Halo Infinite and Forza as far as like newer Microsoft games that have come out since he's been on the service. And I'm like, well, I can't say that you're wrong, right? Like, I don't think that that means it hasn't had other AAA titles. But if you came to it, that that's like an even narrower expectation, right? So yeah. like you said, there's like the person who just wants a, a cheap library of games. There's the person who wants a steady, uh, you know, uh, buffet of AAA titles being delivered on a monthly basis. And then there's someone going into Microsoft Game Pass being like, I want a new AAA title from Microsoft themselves, like all the time. And I'm just like, no never going to happen and it's like especially from the company that like for a long time didn't have enough exclusives and is still working on trying to kind of change that perception like they're in a growth period right totally and it's and yeah like (laughs) that is like an even smaller like i want all my playstation plus games to be like sony exclusive triple a bangers and it's like every single time i don't want any third party shit it's like well that's that's unreasonable for any brand and yeah like okay i can kind of see where you're coming from like to all the xbox fans out there like if you got into that console and you were looking to fight sony's war with the war on having first like first party exclusives it's like sony's been amping that up for, since the previous generation and it's like xbox is just kind of like they're doing their own thing and then they they're trying to dabble into that more recently and it's like they haven't caught up yet and it's like so you're gonna be let down you're just like you're just yep. setting yourself up for a huge letdown for no reason and it's like what games do you play and it's like okay if you like halo all right you're on the right platform and if you like forza yeah. you're on the right platform and it's like but there's all these other like you mentioned third party AAA bangers that have been coming to the platform as well because they are cross-platform and yeah you've been able to get a lot of them on game pass uh either day one or pretty soon after 
I thought it was telling in that article as well. Uh, that guy uh, near near the end of it, he was like, you know, for me, uh, like the Xbox is a supplementary platform, right? Like he was like, my PS5 is my main gaming platform mm-hmm. and like the Xbox is secondary. So it's easier for me to justify canceling that subscription. And I do sort of, you know, that's what I want on the Xbox side is like the Microsoft exclusives because that's what I'm missing out on on PS5. And so I was like, yeah, well, that that makes sense. And especially as we were saying, with the economy, we're all trying to make smart choices. I was like, for his use case scenario, that actually makes a ton of sense to me. For someone like me, where the two things that I play the most on are Xbox and PC, Game Pass is like a freaking no-brainer. Exactly. Right? Because it's like it, it goes on both of the two main platforms that I'm playing all the time. And then like the Nintendo one's easy for me to justify because it does just cost a a drop in the bucket, even mm. with the expansion pack. It's dirt cheap. And uh yeah, it's just Nintendo's bringing something to the table with that where it is, you know, about like getting the exclusive Mario Kart tracks and like getting Super Nintendo games and Nintendo games and things that only Nintendo can give you, yeah, basically. They- have right. a huge list of ips that are exclusive yeah. to their console and they can just put out a new game whenever and then everyone will be just like thirsty for it yeah, yeah. like that totally makes sense like if i if like if i was that individual and like playstation was my main squeeze and like <laughs> that's my main hotness and then i've got this side chick over here called xbox that i only played halo and forza on well then i would just fucking buy halo and forza and then you have those on your xbox it's the exact same calculation i made with playstation plus right where i was like well why don't i just buy spider-man and final fantasy (laughs) 7 if those are the only two things i'm ever gonna play on this console now right so yeah 100 percent. you know what i've never tried that though i wonder if all your games come back when you if you resub to ps plus they do and well, if they've kept it the same since all their new updated changes, but as far as we've been told, the lowest level of PS Plus essentially just works the way PlayStation Plus always has. Yeah. And according to I Googled it because I didn't know either. But according to the article I read, yes, if you resubscribe to PlayStation Plus at some point, it just restores all of those licenses that you had. Because I must. do have like 220 games or something. Because like, it up emails you years. every single time that you accept one of those games. And it's like it's like like technically a purchase so that makes sense that, that it would always come back so yeah like who cares like cut it off for a, a little bit um we're not sponsored by them i've brought them up a few times but cdkeys.com everybody like if you're purchasing anything like you can get games for so much cheaper there and like even off of games that you think are already cheap via their natural website so i'm gonna bring it over here cdkeys.com again not sponsored go there like you've got pc psn xbox nintendo there's a ton of shit there and like you'll be like oh it's only this much on xbox right now or the 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 microsoft store look up the game here and you'll find like it's even cheaper here and it's crazy that's wild. i didn't even realize that they had stuff for console i figured it would just be pc so that's crazy that they even have stuff for console games yeah like it's it's pretty wild uh i go here because i your boy recently got a hot gamer girl pc everybody and uh rgb's been blowing off the charts over here and um i had to rebuy the souls library for like the fifth time and then i literally just went to cdkeys.com and i just looked up dark souls and then it shows you where you can get all of them most of them are on pc but 
some games more of the top ones or like the most recent ones are available for the consoles like you go here and they're a lot cheaper so again and then you know what's surprising like you've brought it up a few times is the epic game store like just gives you those free games and you don't have to pay for anything like you literally don't have to pay for their like a subscription service of any kind you don't have to have bought any games like they're just giving you free games and like during these sales like the one they have on right now like normally it's like one a week which is already insane because you're getting like four free games a month for not paying anything but they'll have these sales once or twice a year and they'll be like giving you a new game every two or three days and and like some of the ones they give you during these sales are bangers we just got borderlands 3 and the bioshock collection back to back which are both like 80 dollar games it's crazy didn't it's Borderlands nuts. 3 just came out like a year ago, right? Or two years ago? I can't remember. Uh, I bought no, it. No, it came out in 2019. <clears throat> so it's been Dude, they remastered it a year or two ago, though. Like, I don't know whether that's the remastered version they gave us, but I bought it for Series X uh, at launch because it was a Series X launch title. It was like a remastered Borderlands 3. And I still have never played it, uh, really. I played like, I think, the first hour of it and then just got distracted by other games. But hey, now it's part of that massive backlog of games I need to play through. And now I own it on two platforms. So, <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Thanks, Epic Game Store. Totally. So and that's one thing uh, that you've, you've been saying this for years. But like, and then I recently got into it is just that how cheap you can get games on PC. And again, it's a, it's a good thing. And it's like... I'm just going to say it's a good thing. Um, The reason why is because let's say I'm on PS5 or I'm on Xbox and I want blank game that came out in 2017. It's like you'll find it on Amazon maybe for like 20 bucks or 50 bucks or like whatever. You might find it on the store and it's pretty damn close to like launch price unless it's on sale. Sometimes they're a little bit lower. But you can buy these games on PC for like $3 or like $5 or like ridiculously cheap. And it's like, that's cool. Like, that's cool when you're just like, oh, I want this old game that like I haven't thought about in years. And I'm probably going to play for half an hour to get the nostalgia feel and then go back to playing whatever. And it's just cool that uh, you could do that on PC. And that's that's one thing. But. Um, you have to over like you have to know that like there's a huge cost of entry into the PC gaming world. It doesn't have to be, but it's still in these times, it's still pretty hefty. It, but... It's hefty compared to a console still, totally. because even when you think about like my build, like my laptop, I always say was like a pretty budget build as far as like a modern PC build. Because I just bought like a... on your laptop. <laughs> hey, <laughs> just like... no. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, you know, I didn't go spend $5,000. I spent, like, even with buying the extra RAM and putting it in there, I spent, like, maybe $950 tops, right? Yeah. But when you, when you put that in perspective against, say, going and buying, like, a Series S for, like, 300 bucks, yes, there definitely is a big cost of entry into PC gaming because even doing, like, a budget build of some kind, even if you build it yourself, like, we've talked about that a number of times, you can't build a gaming PC as good as a Series S or a Series X for the price that those consoles cost. Like, no. you, just, you can't do it now, which is insane. And Maybe it a couple of years ago, before 
the fucking tight squeeze on parts these days but like now you yeah. d- you even then even at launch like all the tech youtubers and stuff were saying like this was the first console generation in maybe four or five generations where you couldn't sit there as a pc nerd and be like i could build something better than that for the same amount of money like easy yeah uh, and then it only got worse obviously with the chip shortage and stuff so now you really really can't do it because you essentially couldn't do it anyway when they launch um and so yeah like but once i was thinking the same thing like as you were talking about just how cheap gaming is on pc it's funny that this is where you took the conversation because that was the connection i immediately oh, I made in my there. head yeah it's well it's it's And I'm not, you know, I don't want to be that pretentious PC gamer guy, but it is sort of, it's a return on your investment in a lot of ways that it has this big ticket price to enter the the fun fair. But then once you're inside, it's like all the rides are cheap, uh, which is pretty sick. But yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, we've talked about that before, just having multiple stores to kind of play them all off of each other. If you're on Xbox, you've got the Microsoft store. If you're on PlayStation, you've got the Sony store. If you're on PC, you've got Steam, you've got Xbox, you've got the Epic store, you've got EA store, you've yeah. got CD keys, you've got GOG. And there's always a sale on at least one of them. Totally. So like there's like always some crazy insane sale where yeah. they're slashing prices somewhere. So it's just any time that you would want to be buying anything, you can probably find it pretty cheap somewhere. It's just... <laughs> It's wild. Just click X on a few of those Pornhub tabs and then fucking open up six tabs of different online stores and find yourself a fucking deal. But like, uh, yeah, but. Um, I got to say, and then we talked about this before and then we'll move on real quick here. But but I got to say, I used to like really push the digital only consoles because it's like most people like who wants to open up a fucking disc and do all that, blah, 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 blah. But the digital consoles if you're going into it and you want to purchase games and you want to be uh, price conscientious about it, the digital consoles are not the way to go because you are locked to those proprietary stores and you only have the one option to shop. Uh, sometimes you go to CD keys and then, but again, it's like mostly just the newest uh, games, not older ones. Um, so you're locked into that. Whereas if you have a disc version, you can get those discs used or like, uh, on Amazon for a lot less. So for sure. I agree. And I think like, if you have any interest in collecting physical movies at all, it's just a bonus that you get a 4k Blu-ray player out of any of those new consoles. Right. Cause I believe the PS five has 4k Blu-ray player in it now. I'm pretty sure. I know the PS4 pro didn't. I think yeah, the, PS5 the, the PS5, like you can do, up. uh, the, like the ultra 4k ones or whatever now well yeah that's what i mean the 4k discs ultra hd but uh yeah no the ps4 pro is weird because it could stream 4k content off of netflix and stuff but it wouldn't play a 4k disc whereas like the xbox one s would which i'm not saying as like a haha microsoft did it thing i just thought it was really weird because i own both of them and you're like oh like the one s and the ps4 pro are both that sort of like half generational step over the original one Right. So you were like, yeah, if Sony was going to include it, it would have been in the pro. So I always <laughs> just thought that that was a really weird omission. Um, but yeah, the Series X, Series S, and I believe PS5 all do it. And same sort of thing with like, even like buying digital copies of movies. If you care about getting your digital copies of things legally, which I know many people don't, but if you do, uh, you know, let's say you're looking on Amazon and it's like 15 bucks to buy a digital copy of that movie, I'll bet you money you could probably actually go find the Blu ray cheap 
cheaper for most movies, especially old ones. Uh, and same thing because you've got eBay, you've got Amazon, you've got, you know, like your Facebook marketplace. You could go to a Salvation Army these days and they have a bunch of Blu-rays kicking around. So if, if you do collect physical media for both games and movies and you want to be cost conscientious, yeah, staying physical gives you a similar advantage to what you have on PC where you can play different marketplaces off of each other and go hunting for a deal. Whereas if you go all digital, you can't do that with games or movies, right? So You know what I've wanted to look into? Because, like, you know what's one thing that's crazy is that Blu-rays have uh, firmware on them, and they require the player to be up-to-date and, like, to have certain encryption uh, and DRM. And so, like, if you're offline uh, with your Blu-ray player, it might not have... Uh, the right encryption and then you might not be able to play some of those movies which is crazy and what i thought of is i've never heard that that's intriguing i wonder about like getting dvds because those are dirt cheap and then you could get like uh a player that has upscaling hardware upscaling. i had that i at one point had a <clears throat> it was really cheap and this was a, a you know, obviously a few years back it was like when blu-ray was still pretty new yeah and what i bought was a sony dvd player that had 1080p hardware upscaling yeah and it had hdmi out on it and i had that on just like my bedroom i had like a 24 inch tv with this little dvd player and people would always be like is this a blu-ray when we were watching stuff in my room and i'd be like no it's i just bought a sick little upscaly boy uh and it works so well and i think we were talking about that a week or two ago because i've been watching like the 480p dvds of like Adam West Batman and yeah. of uh, Tales from the Crypt. But if I watch those on like the Xbox One S and it's upscaling it like hardware wise through the Blu-ray, you would swear it was at least a 1080p copy, right? And totally. I'm like exporting it in a 4K resolution to my 4K TV. So even though it's a 480p disc, like you're like, God, that looks so crisp. Um, do, new, yeah, man. do new movies come out? Yeah. I like I'm looking on Amazon right now and like there's movies that are pretty recent that are out on DVD. Dude, dude, I watched a video about this the other day, actually. Okay, we won't talk about movies forever, but I did watch a video about this uh, just like last night or the night before. DVDs account for guess how much? Guess how much out of physical media sales? I think this video was from 2021 physical media sales in North America, uh, all physical media. How much does DVD account for in 2021? I feel like I'm going to go ridiculous. I feel like 70%. Like, I feel like it's really You're high. close. Yeah. 66. 66% of all physical media sold in 2021 is still DVD. And we think of it like as people that are like, you know, techno technology buffs or who are like into the latest, greatest. We're like, oh, we're living in a 4K world. Blu-rays are old school. It's like, no, DVD still dominates the market. And there are still tons of people where like a 1080p TV is the best that they own. And they, you know, whether they just don't know enough about video image quality or they just don't see the benefit. And they're like, I just want to watch the movie and it's 10 bucks cheaper to buy the DVD. Like it just still outsells. And like I still buy Blu-ray a lot of the time for that reason that I'm like, do I want to pay another Sometimes it's like double the price. Like I bought those three Dark Knight movies for like 25 bucks. It was like $60 just to buy Batman Begins in 4K. 
And I'm like, yeah. do I want to pay like triple to quadruple to five times the price to get these same three movies? Because I also think that like, I like 4K and I have a 4K TV. I like watching movies in 4K. I would argue that like the leap from 480p to 1080p was like a night and day difference. It's like a 100% better difference. But the leap from 1080p to 4K realistically is like maybe a 30% to 40% kind of difference to the human eye. Um, if you have a TV that does HDR, cool. You also get the added benefit of the HDR that does add something. If you have a like 7.1 surround sound system, 4K discs contain the information for that. So I would say, yes, you're getting more benefit there. But I think if we're just talking about 1080p to 4K, just the resolution itself, it is not the leap that we all no. felt when we went from like standard definition to HD for the first time. And we were just like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, Shout out so. to the swordman who's in the chat right now. Um, you know, I agree with you because, okay, another thing, another thing too, when we were watching 480p, we were watching on fucking rear projected like big screen TVs. And, <laughs> and then, like CRT, yeah. Yeah. Like and then when you went stuff. from that to your first flat screen, you were like, holy shit, everything looks like insane. And it was still standard definition just on a like a 1080p TV. And then, yep. yeah, like when you think of like, Cable television is still in 1080. Like most channels have just made the switch over to HD. It's like not like barely, I don't think anything is in 4K other than streaming services. And, and that's then, what like, I was talking about, about how like you're not going to see 8K discs for this reason. Because yeah. 4K discs right now account for maybe like 7% of physical media. Sales. Like people, high. right? Like people paying through the nose for 4K because it is like way more expensive. Uh, it's a very, very small niche boutique market of like film buff collector people. Yeah. Uh, and then like DVD still crushing it. Blu-ray is uh, the, the next biggest one. It's like 20, you know, 20 something plus percent. And then you've probably got like vinyl and then like a tiny little slice for CDs and shit. Um, but yeah, man, like Blu-ray is still a it's still. I want to say king, but DVD, I guess, is still king. But realistically, like Blu-ray is the last like modern media that really took hold. Right. And yeah. like 4K still hasn't. So like people that are like, when are we going to get like we have 8K TVs now? When are we going to get like 8K discs? And I'm like, fucking never, like, never. Like, no one was yeah. going to buy them. It's going to be like one hundred and fifty dollars a movie. <laughs> and people only like putting like their YouTube stream in 8K because what that equates to is just like a higher bit rate and it just equates to like a proper hd or a proper 4k image at the bit rate it should be at but you have to go up to 8k to get that bit rate because with compression how it does over the internet like it compresses it down to where like an hd image is actually like a 480p image like on disc like yep. with its full bit rate that was uh, another thing that i was talking about in the video like a 4k stream is like between 8 to 12 megabits per second and if you're watching a 4k disc it's like 500 plus megabits per second right yeah. so it's the amount of compression is insane totally uh the yeah so there's definitely the quality loss yeah, yeah. And like a lot of like every time we talk about people going like on digital only consoles you get like a flurry of people being like yeah well there isn't good internet all over the world it's like yes like and you want 8k and you can't even fucking handle like your your game pass 
like internet connection like get the fuck out of here um let's move on to uh, everyone's <laughs> favorite what would you rather uh with Fornitron and j retro Ooh. here um i got a new batch of what would you rather so do you got your screen up and ready yeah i'm Towards ready i'm prepared okay so let's get this going here what would you rather? Okay, uh, I gotta refresh myself on what these were. Bam, 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 bam. All right, and anyone so in the chat? Different song, not the same as that. No copyright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you, Warner Brothers, for uh, copyright striking, striking us for no audio playing your trailer. Uh, again, great stuff. Um, uh, the Swordman. Anyone else in the chat? You are also welcome to participate in this as well. So, what would you rather? Cat. All of your first-person shooter games are 120 hertz and up, but you have to play it on a CRT. Hmm. Okay. So okay. All, all of your all of your shooters are 120 hertz, um, but they're on a CRT. All of and all of your other games are 30 FPS locked on that CRT. Or it's still everything's on the crt it's not like i just play first person shooters on the crt you know what you know what just first person shooters on the crt 120 hertz all of the other games lock at 30 fps but on like a like a regular monitor uh, okay. okay okay or okay. the flip side all of your non first party shooters 60 fps on a really fucking nice gaming display 4k hdr everything that you'd want but all of your shooters are locked at 30 FPS. Uh, I'm going to go CRT. I'm going to go <laughs> CRT. I had a really nice CRT monitor back in the day. And there's still like a certain culture of PC gamers, even in today's modern age, that are that are buying old, like upper class Dorks. old CRT monitors. Yeah, yeah. Huge dorks. But yeah. those are my people. Um, <laughs> those are all and, our people. Right? But, like, I get it. And and it, yeah, they had they were doing high refresh rates before it was cool, man. Totally. CRT monitors were sick. Turning off full textures so they could fucking rocket quake. Um, and it doesn't have to be that CRT. That's just the only picture I could find of a CRT yeah, no, with totally Call fair. of Duty on it. So it could be like... Legit a, would want like the 19-inch CRT monitor that I had when I was playing Half-Life 2. I'm yeah. like, if I could just have that monitor. I used to hook my 360 up to that monitor. I had the thing to go from the 360 that like converted it to a vga yeah and i used to play like freaking halo 3 on my 360 on that monitor and it was sick so yeah for sure i'd go back to playing shooters on that monitor any day it was a fun time all right all right okay uh next what would you rather okay so you get to choose any meal that you have uh, like like in real life but uh it can, it, <laughs> but, but it like m no um like no money so you just you get to be like i want this and you get Ooh, it so it, any nice. any meal that you want you get but you have to drink it with diet rc cola for the rest of my life yeah okay. yeah for the rest of your life oh uh the swordman he put hard pick i love shooters but i don't really play them often because they're online heavy okay so oh, you yeah, would, so you would pick the nice monitor but all your shooters are in 30 fps then okay yeah all that right. sounds like probably where we would go there if you're not a big online guy absolutely yeah, yeah. i'd be the same 
Because who cares what FPS your shooters are in really at that point? Yeah. It sounds like you plus, don't play a ton of them anyways. Yeah, plus and I then suck. all your other games are on a sick monitor and you have a good refresh rate. Yeah. So. Like kids dunk their nut sacks yeah. on me all the time on shooters. So like I don't yeah. care if I'm playing if I'm getting my tea bag I'm at 30 going FPS. Left and you and Swordman are going right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's cool. Okay, that's cool. so option one, any meal that you want, regardless of price, but you have to drink RC diet cola flat. Yeah. And it's flat as well. Ooh, I think you might just tip the scales, but I got to hear the second one. Goddamn. Okay. Next one. You get any drink that you want <clears throat> with any, with every meal, regardless of price, but all of your meals are buttered noodles. First one. First one. <laughs> I will drink shitty flat diet soda for the rest of my life if I have to, because like I'm not eating butter noodles forever. Yeah. I'd go insane. I'd and that go one insane. looks like there's a bit of cheese sprinkled on there. There is no cheese in this scenario. So it's just it's yeah. just that's normally when when we did butter noodles for kids at Earl's, you would at least sprinkle a little Parmesan cheese on top, you know, give them give them a little something, something. But yeah, that's it blows my mind how many children order that. Because I, I never ate that once in my entire life as a child. I was like, buttered noodles? I was like, wouldn't you at least like make macaroni and cheese? Like, who the yeah. hell wants just noodles and butter? But the, the answer is lots of picky children, apparently. That's weird. Uh, yeah. That's really it was weird. like a common thing for kids to want. Like, I've never witnessed anybody eat buttered noodles until I was uh, a young adult. And I had a roommate who... Um, never had any money, and then he was so broke that that's all he could eat. Would like he would go little to the little buttery nudes yeah. to the grocery store, and he would just buy like you know how like you got all the name brand noodles in the boxes, <clears throat> and then on the very bottom you got the shit that's just in a big ass bag. He would just buy a big ass bag of that for two bucks, and then buy a brick of butter, and then those would be his meals for real like, butter splurge. I'm surprised he didn't just buy a tub of margarine at that point. Whatever was God. cheaper, it was probably margarine too. Like I don't know, like just think you want it makes me makes me sick. All right, cool. So uh, I agree. Uh, flat flat RC cola for those of you in yep. the United States of America. Uh, RC Cola is just like your your budget uh, knockoff. Uh, I think they have RC Cola in the in the in the Cis Eights. I watched uh, like a Company Man video the other day. Great channel, by the way, on YouTube. Also not sponsored. Company Man uh, just tracks like weird like business stuff about how companies succeed or don't succeed. And he had a whole one on like the rise and fall of RC Cola. Uh, definitely worth checking Check that out, out everybody. My... RC Cola. Yeah. Um, RC right. Cola. Check it out. Let's, Crown. let's move on. Okay, next one. What would you rather? Um, I didn't go for a full 10 this time because I don't want it to be 40 minutes of this, but we'll, we'll, we're still having fun. Okay, so what no, would you hey, rather? Lay it on me. Lay it on me. This is your gaming chair, a fucking dining room kitchen, like kitchen table chair. That's your okay. gaming chair. That's what I've, I've been there before. Yeah, that, that was, <laughs> yeah, you have. You yeah. have been there. Yeah, that was, that was like most of my life as a PC gamer at my parents house. Like yeah. I just had like a desk with a shitty wooden chair. Yeah, for a long time. that's your that's your gaming work from home chair. Like you're in that thing 10 hours a day, possibly 12 hours a day. No, okay? thank you. Or <clears throat> you get a hot gamer girl gaming chair from Secret Lab, but it stinks like shit. <laughs> uh yeah i would go wooden chair i would, I would go wooden chair <laughs> yeah it's, it, it's kind of good for your posture if you if you sit in it properly well it's once you start slouching in a chair like that that fucks you but if you can force yourself to like sit up straight the whole time it's actually probably really good for your back i think i would pick 
Like just like having a proper chair, there's nothing that beats it. What are you gonna and do? Like shove earplugs up your nose the I whole time? I think eventually like, you just you get used to the smell. You go I, nose would just, I would just I would just like bring someone over. Never. Like, what if a girl comes in your house? Nope, never, never, never. <laughs> I, I just live my life alone with my fucking sick gaming chair because I would rather live a life of solitude than have to sit <laughs> in that backbreaker at in my mid thirties. Wow wow does the chair squeak the kitchen table it's your average kitchen table so or a kitchen uh dining room ta- uh chair so if for the record my gaming chair squeaks like a motherfucker but my wooden uh, kitchen chair never does so Dude. that's one that's one thing i think that you'd probably encounter less with the kitchen chair. i know i put up a secret lab chair here but i'm gonna tell you all short little uh commercial break i wish i was sponsored by them but this razor isker chair is the fucking bee's knees like this thing um pretty much gives me old-fashioned handies every time i sit in it it's so good like it just it's everything that i want in a chair i'm a big bitch i'm tall i'm a a big burly man and (laughs) on paper and uh this chair is just amazing so definitely Make sure you put a little money down on a good gaming chair because, like, you'll pay for it if you don't fucking if you got to sit and just, yeah. like N- not sponsored, but like shout out Razor because I really like my headset that I bought from them too, and they yeah. make they make quality products for sure. All right, next one here. What would you rather? Okay, so you get an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription for an entire year. You get paid for it for a full year. You can only play the games that are on Game Pass. So you don't get any of your own library. Those are all gone. It's whatever's available on Game Pass or EA Play. Sure. Or your current library of owned games, and you cannot use a subscription service for just a year. Does this apply to all platforms? Uh, yes. I'm going my library. Yeah, I'm going my library because I would still want to play like some of the games that I own for Nintendo and stuff like Mario Kart 8. I don't want to go a year without Mar- playing Mario Kart right now, especially with the new tracks coming out. Or like having to wait um, forever for the NHL, the current NHL to drop. It- Right. Or like, yeah, like I think actually NHL 22 is coming pretty soon to Game Pass, which is great. But then like three months after that, a new NHL will drop and my friends will be playing that one. It would just yeah, it would really botch a year for me, I think, to not be able to play games that I bought. And like, even though it's a year where I'm going to be budget conscious and probably buying a lot less games. I would still go that route. Like there, like you said, there's so many good sales on PC as we talked about, and I yeah. play a lot of stuff on PC anyways. So I think PCs where I'll mainly be hunting for deals, but luckily as discussed earlier, I just own way too many video games to begin with. And I have a large backlog of games. So as much as I really love game pass as a service, I do think that I could easily without it still just play stuff. I already own for like five years. Probably. I think it's this is ridiculous. I think this is unanimous. Like I agree. Yeah. Swordman agrees. Like, dude, I used to, I used to play one game an entire year. So like I could easily go back to that. So Definitely hands yep. down, go back to my library, just play Elden Ring and Dark Souls over and over and over and Bloodborne. Um, okay, what would you rather? I think some of these are going to get spicy. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Oh, right. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, is okay. First off, who do I think is going to win? Um, man, I want to say Johnny Depp, and I feel like he deserves to win. But I'm still scared he might not. How dare you? How dare yeah. you pick still his scared. side? No, I'm, I'm still scared he uh, might not. I, wa- I want him to win. For, personally, I'm, I think that there was probably some mutual shittiness involved in their relationship. 100%. Yes. I just never agreed with the fact that like he got super blackballed and she didn't. Yeah. Um, and I just, I always thought long before this court case began that there had been evidence. Like he had some telephone recordings of her saying some pretty aggressive stuff about hitting him. Uh, I was just like, yeah, I think there's, there's enough evidence to be like mutual shitstorm. Yeah. You know? Uh, so if anything, I think that that's what should have happened. Like I was, I was actually pretty happy when I heard that they were like cutting her shit out of Aquaman two and that she's not getting signed back on for Aquaman three. Uh, not because I'm a malicious person and I want her to starve to death and never get another movie again. But I was just like, good. He got cut from Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, there should be some backlash on your career. Yeah, he got dropped from, shitstorm. from everything, which is Absolutely. brutal. Um, I heard yeah. he has a new Netflix series in the pipeline. So I wonder whether this court trial will at all uh, mess that up for him. But I heard that he was involved in uh, no, a new I th- Netflix series. I have been... I've been gaming a bit, but mostly I've been watching this live uh, on Twitch with some other uh, streamers. But uh, yeah, this is the wild case. It's like the best television you could ever ask oh, for. It's, some of the some of the clips and highlights of this court trial are, are yeah, some of the yeah. funniest things I've ever seen in my whole life. I think he went into this with nothing to lose because he didn't have anything to lose. Like he's already been cut from Hollywood and he was just like, I'm just going to expose a bunch of shit and whatever happens happens. And I think coming out of this, like everyone, you see a lot more, even in the chat here, justice for Johnny. And a lot more people are like, maybe, maybe that other person was kind of a piece of shit. (laughs) And like, there's he's had uh, other ex-girlfriends come to his defense now in the media, things like that being like, I think one of his ex-wives was like, Hey, I dated him for five years. Like he never laid a hand on me, never showed any sign of aggression. And I'm not saying that like he didn't do anything. I, I, I do think that being in a relationship with a crazy manipulative individual can drive like even the most sane person to do some crazy shit sometimes. Uh, so yeah, I think there's there's a lot of evidence to the fact that she was probably uh, the instigator in, in a lot of the conflict. Allegedly, yeah, it's, it's allegedly, be, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm on the justice for Johnny train. Absolutely, I have been for a long time. I'm interested to see how it plays out. What I thought you were going to ask me, which is maybe a much more provocative question, right. was whether I would be in a relationship with Johnny Depp or Amber Heard, <laughs> which for me as a heterosexual man does become a bit of a tough choice because like before the whole Amber Heard situation blew up, like the first time I saw her in Aquaman, I was like, who's that girl? She's so hot. And someone was like, Oh no, that's like Johnny Depp's crazy ex-girlfriend. And I was like, Oh, I guess I'd probably I remember her don't want and to never develop a crush down on that. And Pineapple oh. Express. Oh, like... she was in Never Back Down. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. But no, man, like her in the first Aquaman with the red hair, it was really doing it for me. Uh, and as a red blooded male, you know, that's a hard thing to turn down. But then I'm like, Johnny Depp would love me and he would 
he would care for me and he would and he fucking would... wine and dine you like right he still like, got yeah. money amber heard I don't, i'm not so positive and then also like yeah. do you want to be with somebody that the world hates like everybody right. in the world like like hey, right. some people hate johnny depp but not nearly as many as people don't like i'm Amber like Heard. even even if i somehow managed to not have my relationship with her descend into a complete shit storm yeah that's that's a bad mark to have to carry right like now you're the one on the arm of, of amber heard i don't know i think I think I could uh, I could uh, wrap myself around some Johnny Depp for the rest yeah. of my life in that scenario, where those are my two choices for the rest of my livelihood. I concur with that. Uh, the Swordman's yeah. got a good "What would you rather" for me. Uh, All right. It's an Elden Ring one. What would you rather play the Elon Musk build for Elden Ring for the rest of your life, or play nothing but weeb games? Uh, I would clearly play the Elon Musk build in Elden Ring, even if it's a shitty build. I would still rather suck at Elden Ring and enjoy it. Rather, like, I know you love a lot of those anime weeb games, uh, those weeb RPGs. I just, they're just not my thing. <laughs> I don't know. I hear, I hear those like high pitched girl voices, and I'm just like, dude, I just, I don't, I don't need anybody walking in on me playing this. Like, I just don't need that in my life. I don't need that captured on film. I don't like, I don't know. But <laughs> great question. Great question. That okay, was a very what strong question. Would good, you, good addition. Good addition. What would you rather? I think this is the last one here. Okay. You have Lightning Round. Lightning Round. Camille Vasquez as your next lawyer, but you lose your case. Like you're gonna lose whatever case that you have, but you get to have Camille Vasquez as your lawyer. Is who, she as handsy and touchy with me as she is with Johnny? Depp? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. She's okay. just as stunning as she always is, but you yeah. lo- you like not even close. Lose your case. Yeah. Whatever's what am I up. on trial for? That might be an important factor. Yeah. Like, hey, lightning round. You never know. Could be murder. Right. Could be yeah. could be a divorce <laughs> thing. Like you don't know. Uh, like a false false accusation. You don't know. Um, or I forget right. her name already, but Amber Heard's lawyer. Uh, same way she always is, but you crush your cases. Yeah, I I would take Amber Heard's terribly annoying lawyer. <laughs> um, I'd like to believe that I'm uh, a with it enough and attractive enough male that I could find uh, some companionship outside of my legal, uh, you know, liaisons, uh, and also. Uh, especially I think what tipped the scales here for me was that in the lightning round, I don't know what I'm on trial for (laughs) because if you were like, you know, you're going to lose your case, but it's for a bunch of unpaid parking tickets. Obviously I'm going to take the hot lawyer and then just pay the fine. But like knowing that like maybe I'm on trial for manslaughter or something, I'm like, yeah, I got to go with, I got to go with winning the case on this one. Or like you're accused of rape. (laughs) It's just like, and I I didn't do it legitimately. I'm like, no, I don't want to have a hot lawyer and then go to jail for 25 years for yeah. rape i never committed that you're sounds like, terrible like, camille your hair smells great i love it when you do that thing where you tuck my hair behind my ear while we're talking <laughs> that is incredible but you got this right like you got like you like we're gonna win right like i'm good right because like right? i'm innocent right like you know that right She's like, oh yeah oh yeah we it got kinda this sounds like i'm losing out here like <laughs> But I can't focus because you keep flirting with me. 
All right. So that was our what would you rather? <laughs> I hope I hope you all had uh fun with that. It's always a joy to do. Let's get let's get in some time. let's get in some news here. Uh state of play, it's the name of the episode. I know you're you're like, damn, an hour in, you're finally getting to the, the name of the episode. Uh so Sony just announced their state of play is gonna be June 2nd. Uh, yes. I might live stream it. Probably not though, because my I'm always just no, because like I'm always Do like it. it's not Souls sucks. <laughs> this isn't Dark Souls sucks. Like that's just that's got to be boring for people to watch. But here's a predicament that I think uh, Jay Retro and I were talking about this before we started the podcast here. So we've also got Summer Game Fest that's hosted by Jeff uh, Keeley. Uh, and that's like big hype because people love Jeff Keighley and they love uh, the game awards and things like that. Uh, Xbox also has their showcase coming up pretty quickly here. And the state of play, um, you know what? Like, I feel like all of them have one good announcement and then it's just like 30 minutes of dog shit. That's just my opinion because it's a lot of third party like indie uh, showcases so these are my predictions. I always love just blowing it up on Twitter and just like getting people's hopes up when they should know. Like the swordman calls me out every single time, but like people should know, like I'm just being shitty and like, I'll put like, oh, they're going to announce God of War, Ragnarok, full trailer. They're going to show off this. It's going to be VR, blah, 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 blah. Not going to happen. I feel like yeah. this state of play, because they've even said it's just going to be third party uh no, nothing first party so you're not gonna see god of war ragnarok i feel like you're gonna see a lot of the norm a lot of like indie uh games that are coming out on playstation 5 um i think we're gonna see more of forespoken i don't think we're gonna see anything else from sony so we're not gonna see final fantasy 16 we're not gonna see anything about ff7 remake part 2 at the state of play however Square Enix is going to be at Summer Game Fest, which is later this month or later in June. That's where I think they're going to be talking about FF16 and possibly like an announcement that uh, FF7 Remake Part 2 is like in development. Um, this is like those are just my predictions, whatever, who cares? What I think is more interesting to talk about is kind of the predicament that Square Enix is in right now. Because they kind of yeah. have these three things that they have to push, and you don't want to push one more than the other to compromise sales on an IP that you're potentially releasing. And I'm kind of getting the vibe from them. Tell me if you agree or not, just from like what you've uh, overseen on the internet. But I kind of feel like Square Enix is not showing a lot of faith in Forspoken. And I feel like they're kind of just like, this fucking game is, it is what it is. Let's just get it out here. And then let's get people hyped on FF16 and FF7 Remake as quickly as possible. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't I don't hear a lot of talk from anyone about Forspoken, whether it's the gaming press or Enix themselves. I have wondered in the past whether it's Square Enix or Sony that has kind of lost faith in that project as far as to why it's not in the spotlight as much. But then like, and this might just be like a hopeful storyline, but I've also considered that it could be sort of like the kiss effect where kiss like practiced in a basement for like three years before they played their first show. Cause they wanted it to just be really good from the start. 
And I'm like, maybe they're working in the lab and they're keeping it top secret because they want when they do like show some more footage of this thing for it to really just like pop off and be a big hit. Um, you know, like we saw the Halo Infinite thing where they really went back to the lab hard and then came back with something pretty impressive. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, absolutely. I think <clears throat> I think you might see something about Final Fantasy 16. I don't think you'll see anything about FF7 Remake. I want to. That's what I terribly want from Square Enix. I just don't think we'll see it at either of those things this summer, unfortunately. Um I'm thinking I think if they do if they do mention FF7 remake part two, it'll just be like a splash screen. So like no animation, just like pretty much FF7 remake part yeah. two. And then they'll do like a fade in of in development and then everyone will share. If we get uh animation, it'll be like 30 seconds and it won't be in-game footage. It'll just be like a little cutscene thing. Correct. Um they did that with FF7 remake part one, and then they took like six or seven freaking years to actually bring it out, right? So oh, like, yeah. who knows? They could say this thing's in development and we could not be playing it to like 2030. Like, who knows? <laughs> um, but I think you're right that you're going to see a lot of indie titles. <clears throat> I think there's going to be a very indie heavy state of play. I'm wondering whether we're going to see anything for the PSVR 2. Like maybe some third party and indie titles for that. Uh, or PlayStation 5 VR or whatever the hell they called it. Because um, that's yeah. supposed to be releasing with 20 titles at launch. And it's like supposedly... Yeah. From what I've heard, if I'm correct or not, it's supposed to be launching this holiday season. I think that's correct. I, I haven't been paying that much attention because I'm I'm not a VR guy. Like, I'll just yeah, fully exactly. admit it. I got almost crucified for that in a conversation with a friend the other day. And he started doing that thing that I really hate when I tell people I don't like Caesars. And they're like, oh, but you got to drink my Caesar. Nope, he's no, started- I don't started being like you just got to play this vr game and i was like no i don't think i do i think that i have astigmatism and that it makes me want to throw up when i wear vr so like i think that that, that and i think we need to be playing the wrong game like, yeah we need to get rid of the stigmatism of there's nothing there's anything wrong with just saying i don't like it that's that's my answer i don't like it yeah like, I couldn't agree I, more and that for movies, games, anything, right? Yeah. Like not everyone has to like the same shit as you and that's okay. And yeah. it doesn't mean that the shit that you like is invalid because I don't like it. Totally. Play, doesn't, it doesn't VR, mean play your weeb games. Like, yeah. We don't have to like them. Yeah. It's okay. It doesn't mean that your Caesars don't taste like they came out of a toilet. Okay. So it just <laughs> like, maybe they do. I don't know. Cause I'm not going to drink the fucking thing. Okay. But just be happy that you make it and it makes you happy. Okay. Uh, yeah. I only like California rolls and people are like you haven't had good sushi. Yeah, I have. I've gone to California. I've gone to tons of different places and gone to high end sushi restaurants. I'll order California rolls every goddamn time. And I'm gonna, and I'm never going to stop. And there's nothing you can do. That's going to change my mind. Because, yeah, that's just the yeah. man. Nothing, <clears throat> People no. like what they like. I like California rolls. I'll, I will order them with every sushi meal I eat. <laughs> I, won't, I won't only order California rolls, but I do think that they're delectable. Yeah. And if you get them from a very high end sushi place as well, then that's like even better. Oh, um, delicious. Uh, moving on here. So, this is a weird article uh, that Jay Retro sent me. And I kind of have some speculation. Again, neither of us have insider info on any of this shit. This is just two nerds speculating. But uh, Microsoft's Xbox streaming stick takes a confusing turn. I feel like that title's dumb. Um, 
to uh, fill in any spots that I'm missing. But if I were to summarize this article, it was Xbox had this has had this project for a couple of years now. It's a streaming stick that's going to plug into smart TVs and enable you to be able to do cloud gaming uh, from a very affordable uh, HDMI stick. Uh, and then Microsoft have uh, confirmed this and they've confirmed the code name for it, but they've also confirmed that they are dropping the iteration that they've had in the works and they're going with something different. In the same statement too, which was part of what made it so confusing. So they were like, yes, we can confirm that we've been working on this top secret thing for a while that's been heavily rumored. And then later in the same statement, we're like, as with any technological development, you know, you might hit some roadblocks and we did. So we're abandoning the current inter- iteration of that thing that we just told you is confirmed and going in a different direction. Uh, and I guess the real question that I'm, that you get left with is like, well, did you just tell us that the streaming stick is confirmed and then say you're not making streaming sticks? But I don't think that's what it is. I no. think that's the worst case scenario way you could read it. But I think it's 100% just that they're like, yeah, we built a certain architecture and we invested a certain amount of time and research development and everything in that architecture. And then we were like, this isn't it, Chief. And we're kind of going back to the drawing board and figuring out a better way to build a streaming stick. Yeah. Um, And that's all it's going to be. And I think they're also... Like somebody mentioned like that they're, they just recently started working on the smart TV app. And I think that might be part of it as well, is making sure that it's like a unanimous experience, like a uniform experience between the smart TV app and the streaming stick. So they probably were developing this streaming stick as its own kind of st- standalone interface. And then when they realized that they were also going to be able to get this deal with Samsung to start bringing the smart TV app out, they're probably like, oh, well, it should it should look the same, whether you're using the stick or the Samsung app and shit, it should be like a similar layout. Uh, a similar interface. So that's my personal hunch on why they're going back to the drawing board more with it is because the smart TV app kind of came into play. But I definitely don't think it's that they're saying no more streaming stick, because if that's what they were saying, why would they have like started the announcement by being like, yes, streaming stick confirmed? Like, no, it just doesn't make sense. And it's a logical route for them to take, especially them uh, going heavy in the services. It'd be stupid for them to not make this product regardless. Um, Because kind of bring up a conversation that we had earlier with like DVDs and stuff is that people don't buy new TVs every year or two whenever they get new features people buy a tv and use it until it dies so they're using these tvs for like a decade almost for a lot of most people for sure like once again there's they're just like the 4k discs there's like the boutique niche market of like film enthusiasts or video game enthusiasts and stuff like ourselves who are going to be like oh i'm going to upgrade my setup every four or five years to something newer most people buy a laptop run it into the ground buy a television run it into the ground and that's why you still see like dvd and blu-ray dominating a market when like 4k is available because like to most consumers they just don't care about keeping up with the latest greatest in that way it just doesn't even occur to them as something that they they would look at people like us and be like god that's a waste of money you go in every (laughs) few years and buy some new shit like come on and uh yeah it's just it's you know but then they go buy like a five thousand dollar fishing rod like everybody has a hobby gary get over it right exactly yeah this is what i took from that is that 
maybe they were working on a proprietary stick and then you have to make it affordable, right? So that limits your options for the type of processor that that stick can use or whatever hardware that that's going to be included in that stick to get it to that price point. And I bet mm. you that the, the hurdles that they ran into was being able to make that stick powerful enough to like decode an HD signal at a certain bit rate. And then, so maybe they're like, okay, well, uh, maybe we'll have to make the stick 720p or something like that. Or they had to limit it in some way. And then along the line, they were like, yo, we're going to release a product that's going to stream shit in 720p. We're going to get fucking laughed at. They're like, no, we got to scrap this And they this saw shit. what happened with Stadia, right? Yeah. So they're they're in a position, we've said that before, where it was like Stadia walked so that Xbox cloud gaming can run, essentially. Yeah. So they're learning from the mistakes that have been made in the past. And also, like, I was part of that Xbox Cloud Gaming beta for PC. And I, I like, filled out the feedback box and was like, hey, like, to be honest, this kind of runs a little bit like shit on my, like, good gaming laptop. And, like, that's not a good sign because, like, yeah. this service, the point is for me to be able to play it on not a gaming laptop and have a good experience, right? So, like, I'm, I'm kind of worried about that. But then when I did play it post beta, they'd made some massive improvements. So I think they've really shown that they're willing to take their time and tweak it and wait on releasing it to different. So we had it. It was working really good on Android for quite a while before they even brought out the beta for like having it on a laptop. Right. Yeah. And then same thing. It took them a long time before they actually it was interesting. It took them so long to bring the cloud gaming to Xbox itself. Right. Which is now like built into Game Pass. And I love that because we've talked about how that's sort of similar to renting games back in the day, right? That like you don't have to wait for this whole freaking thing to install if you're just going to try something out for an hour or two. Cloud gaming's beautiful for that. Just being able to kind of drop into some random game, try it for an hour and then be like, yeah, if that game is really your jam, install it and get the best experience. Out of yeah, it. you're just like, this game was sweet. It'd be even better if I was playing it without any input delay or like anything like that. And yeah, there's been tons of times where even just recently having a hot gamer girl PC, everybody, um, I'll download a game and install it and I have gigabit Ethernet or a gigabit internet. So it's ridiculously fast, but still 60 gigs is 60 gigs. And like a lot of these games are 60 gigs plus. And that shit still takes like 30 minutes to download and install. 100%. And you'll download and install it. And you're just like, I've, I'll play a game for like 10 minutes. And be like, oh, no, it's not the game for me. And then I have, and then I uninstall it. And it's like, I just wasted that <clears throat> amount of time. Yeah. So cloud gaming is definitely in the future. I think something's on the way. They're making sure it's right. Why release a revision one that no one's, everyone's going to laugh at and be like, it's kind of shit. And then have like a PS now situation where people are just going to dunk on your product for all of time, uh, where you could just make sure it releases right and have it at an affordable cost. And then people just really get on board with it. And so far they've done a great job of that. Yeah. Like I said, of like parsing it out to each system in time. And so they have a good name for Xbox cloud gaming as a brand right now. Right. You don't want to screw that up midway. Yeah, I think like the whole cloud gaming thing, like that is the future. If you if you're denying oh, that, yeah. you're stupid. Like it's like that's like especially with the like the fucking 
um, we're going into the third year pretty soon of the fucking chip shortage. Like that, that shit's just going to continue to get worse. And the clamp is going to be down even harder. And as like the, the economy goes the way that it goes. I was saying and, now we're going through this recession. Yeah. Right? And like prices are just ridiculous. It's like people aren't going to be fr- like, like fr- fruvious, fruvious, frivolous. I don't know. Frivolous. They're frivolous. not going to be as frivolous with their spending. Yeah. If you're some, you know, if you're a parent and your kids are like, I want to play video games, and you find out that there's a product you can buy for 20 or 30 bucks and just plug it into your TV that you already own, you're not going to give a shit about eight millisecond input delay. It's for your kids, man. Like, yeah, cloud no. gaming is going to dominate. And in so many countries around the world where their economy is already much worse than ours and they don't make money in the way we do, right? We've talked about that before, that, like, cloud gaming is going to be huge in, like, the Asian market, the Indian market, the African market, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be the future of gaming, for sure, man. Yeah. All right, let's move to this next topic here. This is something that you were kind of educating me on before we started the podcast today. So big news, promise at Evercade's <coughs> second anniversary show. So you watched this stream and yes. you, got, you got like kind of some mixed news, uh, some good, some bad. What did you come out of the other side with? Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting presentation. Um, I'd never watched an Evercade like presentation, uh, so it was cool getting a sort of vibe for the company. They're a UK based company, um, and for those that don't know, the Evercade originally came out as a handheld. There is also a, a home console edition that you can get, which can have up to four controllers. Uh, but they, what they've done is they sell these physical cartridges and they come in old style clam cases with, uh, you know, an actual manual for all the games included on it. It is emulation. Their goal, they always say, is to have like the best possible top tier of emulation, do their best to really uh, replicate the original arcade experience for these games. Uh, and it is all legal emulation they are acquiring the rights to these games from different uh game publishers uh, in order to build these kind of collections which is pretty sick um the evercade home console can have two cartridges in it at the same time whereas the portable one can only have one so as i expected they definitely announced some new cartridges some of them are pretty sick um i was very interested in a couple that that did have a bunch of new like retro shoot 'em ups which i really enjoy i'm a big shoot 'em up guy there you got the evercade versus up there so that's the one i'm looking at buying probably uh <clears throat> getting into the household eventually is getting the evercade versus i do really like the idea of this unit uh buying these kind of physical collections but you know not not having to go out and as, as we were talking about earlier before the stream like the retro gaming market is insane it just costs insane amount of money if you're actually going to go buy old physical uh cartridges uh but evercade is is very affordable for these cartridges right you can buy these things for like 20 bucks that are going to have you know a few games on there uh and some really great games on some of them so some of these new collections do look really good tatsujin or truxton for those of us in north america is on one of these collections i'm excited for that r type is on one of these collections one of the greatest shoot 'em ups of all time uh, but Tatsujin was like one of the only games I gave a shit about on the Taito Egret 2 Mini, which uh, is way too much money, in my opinion. It's I don't why is that more expensive than the Sega Astro City Mini? Like you can't justify that to me. Um, <clears throat> but the Astro City Mini V, which I do want to get, 
uh, is specifically vertical orientation, right? So what they call, I always called it Tate mode. I found out today that I'm an idiot and that it's pronounced Tate mode, but Tate mode, <laughs> hey, which is like the face, it's Tate mode. <laughs> it's Tate mode, you idiot. Uh, but yeah, that's like the vertical screen orientation, right? Where you would play the shoot 'em ups and your planes flying up the screen. One thing that they announced, their their biggest announcement at this uh, press reel here was really interesting because, you know, first they brought out a couple new cartridges. I'm like, yeah, cool. New games, whatever. Like, I don't see why this really required a big stream. This isn't big news yet. And then they announced <clears throat> that they are unfortunately discontinuing the original Evercade handheld. So not the home system. The Versus is still getting updates, still going to exist. But they are done updating the firmware for the Evercade handheld as of December of this year. So it will still receive one or two more updates. Of course, all the old cartridges that have been released up till December of this year will still run on that system perfectly. But then they won't guarantee that newer Evercade cartridges that come out will be able to run on it. Obviously, if you're somebody that invested in the original Evercade handheld, this might be a bit of a bummer. Um, it's not a deadly expensive handheld. Like, it's not like you invested $700 in this thing or something. I mean, it's, I think it's about 150 bucks US. Uh, that's what it's going to cost anyway, uh, moving forward, which brings me to the second part of the announcement, because it was definitely a bad news, good news announcement. The Evercade EXP was announced as the main announcement here. So it is a new version of the handheld with a much nicer looking screen, a glass bezel over the screen, better looking shoulder buttons. Um, so yeah, look up the EXP, the Evercade EXP. Uh, there you go. So here's our new one. Uh, so there's two. The white one is the main one that's going to be available for everybody. And then the black one is like a limited edition that comes with like an extra um, extra cartridge with it. There's only going to be 5,000 of the black one made available. Limited edition goes on sale tomorrow, June 1st. You can pre-order it at, I forget the website. Just go watch the trailer on YouTube. You'll find the website in there. But you can pre-order it tomorrow at uh, Funco. I think it is Funco's website from the UK. Only 5,000 of them. They will be shipping them in September, the black ones. So if you want to get the new Evercade EXP and get a slick black one, well, you're going to want to get on there June 1st tomorrow and pre-order this bad boy. I will not be pre-ordering uh, the slick black unit, although I do think it looks way nicer than the white unit because I don't know still if I'll be investing in an Evercade handheld. I got my Nintendo Switch. I'm very happy with my Nintendo Switch. Uh, I think the home console is where it's at for me with the Evercade, personally. So for me, it wasn't a lot of huge news because I was like, oh, I just wanted your home console anyway, and nothing really changed on the home console front. I was kind of hoping we would get like a sick new version of the home console. But the one thing about this this handheld, which I do admit this is, uh, you know, interesting to me, is that this handheld does what the Taito Egret 2 Mini did, which is that you can change the screen orientation. So you'll notice on the left-hand side of that unit there that there are an A and B button, but the A and B are written on their side, and that's because you're meant to turn the console just like you would with your smartphone. Yeah. And then play your vertical shooters uh, up and down skis, right? So side to side skis for, you know, your platforming games and stuff. And then you can flip it up like that 
player shooters like that that's pretty cool there hasn't been a console that could do that uh uh it was claimed at least during the presentation in well over a decade uh and i don't think i can't think of the last time there was a mainstream handheld console that could ever do that it was probably like something from freaking nokia or something like who knows um but yeah i think that's pretty exciting i think that's a cool concept if you love shoot 'em up games uh, and there are a bunch of cool shoot 'em ups on these two new cartridge collections that they announced, R-Type and Tatsujin being the two biggest names. Uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty sick. The idea of having the Tate mode, not Tate <laughs> mode, but Tate mode with you on the go and being able to rotate into that. I think if you are into playing those retro games on the go or you just like the handheld experience even while you're at home, yeah, this new Evercade EXP actually looks like a really sick product. I just still think that for me personally, I'm more attracted to the Evercade versus, which uh, also is not getting discontinued. So that's probably where I would go. It's going to keep getting the firmware updates. That's pretty neat. That's going to be good news for, again, that niche audience. Like for me personally, like, like people talk about like the whole like owning versus emulation and like, especially now with the prices and like how rare some of these games are. And I shared this with Jay Retro before we started, like those games sucked when they came out and they still suck now, but it's just like a fun thing that you might want to play for 10 minutes. It's like, I'm not paying $200 us for that. It's like, I'm just going to emulate it and move on with my life. I think the Evercade's a neat, like you said, a very niche market because it's trying to sort of bridge the gap between the two. So you've got your like hardcore collectors that are going to go, you know, hunt for, original nes games in the box you've got your people that are like hey i'm just gonna freaking download roms and play them on my laptop or my mobile phone i don't give a shit uh and this is trying to trying to give you a middle ground because it is technically emulation but it's legal emulation and it's much more affordable than actually buying the og games all by themselves would be totally right and some of these games a lot of the what evercade is concentrate on is arcade games which they're aren't a lot of legal and affordable ways or even in affordable ways to play arcade games without just downloading ROMs and stuff. Right. Totally. So they really wanted to give a lot of these arcade games like their first official home release. Uh, and they're playing on that nostalgia for those of us that did grow up with that. There was a lot in that 20 minute presentation. It uh, cracked me up how much they concentrate on that. of just like, our games come in clamshell cases, just like you remember. And they have a full color instruction manual, just like they should. And I was just (laughs) like, yeah. That's their market, right? For sure. It's like, okay, okay. calm down, Greg. Like, (laughs) like, middle-aged men that miss uh, buying cartridges. But that's cool, man. Like, I think that's cool that they, there totally is a a warm reception for them. There's tons of videos on YouTube by a lot of the retro gaming community about their product. Um, One thing that I do think is cool about the Versus as well, and this will be the last uh, little Evercade knowledge bomb I'll drop, but I think it's cool. Um, one of the things that didn't get reviewed too great with the verses was the controllers. They were just like, ah, you know, the included controllers, the D pads, a little floaty, the Evercade EXP for the record looks like an improvement on that. So hopefully they'll just release controllers that are more like the EXP for the verses because the verses is more like the original handheld, uh, as far as the controller goes. And it gets, you know, it doesn't get terrible reviews where they're like, this controllers, you know, feed it to your dog. But they're like, yeah, it's it's 
it works is kind yeah. of the, the main consensus. But the cool thing that, uh, about the verses is that just like a Raspberry Pi or like your PC or most modern uh, gaming setups, you can plug in pretty much any USB controller into the Evercade Versus and it'll pick it up and work. So you could just plug in like your Xbox, you know, series controller or like your DualShock through a USB and just use that which I would suggest you do that or just go buy like, you know, like some cheap Super Nintendo USB controllers and use those. Yeah, so that you have a controller of your preference and then shut yeah. up about it. That's another thing yeah. that I kind of like about these consoles because, yeah, like they're offering you that solution that's still technically emulation, but they're doing it legally because they are uh, finding the publishers of these old games and then just making it all legal so you have that kind of uh, fresh conscience. But they also, usually they're just like, and there's a USB port on our console for updates. And then you're just like, oh, okay, I get you. Like, the Versus isn't one that I, like, I, I'm sure, like, maybe it's been done, but I've yet to see anyone hack the Versus personally or, like, yeah. see anybody talk about, put like, side-loading games onto it. From what I've seen, people uh, are just using it to play these cartridges that Evercade sells for the most part. But even just the ability to use whatever controller you like, I was like, that's just one of those like super consumer friendly moves because they easily could just be like, no, if you want to play, especially on a console where it comes with two controllers, but it can use up to four Right. They easily could have been like, no, you have to buy more Evercade controllers. From yeah. Us. So it's cool that they were like, nah, man, you probably have a bunch of USB controllers kicking around. Play with your friends. Do your thing. You know, Use like I just like to see that stuff. Speaking yeah. of emulation. Uh, cool move. Control cool move. Uh, contrasting move here. So it has been discovered that the new PS Plus tiers are using the PAL versions of their PS1 games. And for those for of you who don't know, uh, in most of the world, we use a format called NTSC, and then that's where we do things in 24 frames per second and 60 frames per second. And in other parts of the world, they do 25 frames per second and 50 frames per second, and that's PAL. So the PAL versions are usually the European, select European country uh, versions, and they found out that the new PlayStation Plus tiers, the PS1 games are using the PAL versions. A lot of them are apparently not all of them, yeah. uh, which which actually uh, angered some people more. The fact that it's a bit of a dice roll, a bit of a crapshoot as to whether you're getting like a North American or European copy. It is weird to just think of that, that like it doesn't have a uniformity to it and that you yeah. have no way of really knowing till you till you were to launch the game um, to, to those in Europe like literally doesn't matter literally what they would notice is that a small amount of games that they launched would run smoother than they remembered right so like that's yeah. fine like if they get the ntsc version that's like a free upgrade they're like oh cool 10 more frames per second that's great uh but it is weird for those of us in north america some of these games you might be launching them and just kind of thinking to yourself like i don't remember it being quite this sluggish right and it's like yeah well it's losing an extra 10 frames along the pace um now, I don't know. The other thing, like for me as a PC gamer, I was like, hey, man, I'm playing. I think it's like Arkham Asylum right now at 55 frames per second. And not once have I been like, this is so much worse than 60 frames. Like, I yeah. don't know, man, like five or 10 frames. Like, are we making a big deal out of nothing? I don't know. Um, but then the other question is just like, why, Sony? Like you own the rights to the games. Like, wouldn't you just use the best version of the game available? Um, 
I think it was you that was saying it might be due to language support. Yeah. Right. So yeah. uh, the, I've completely taken this from a YouTube channel, Modern Vintage Gamer. He did a good video on this. And it's again, it's a confusing decision because like you just mentioned, it's like you own this shit. Like you could you could literally just put whatever version on there and like make it the best version. But the PAL versions, because they're European and not everyone in Europe speaks English, there's multiple language support built into these games already. So they don't have to like redo and they they want to be able to do the least amount of work as possible. So if you have versions of these games that have multiple language support and you're releasing a service to multiple languages, that's a little bit more ideal. That kind of yeah. makes sense to me. But again, sure. why don't you just have the option and it's just like why don't why not have both versions on there yeah i i i agree um it, it seems odd to me the whole thing seems odd to me it's an interesting you know sony got flamed for this before with the playstation classic that yeah. the games the original games included on the playstation classic were all the pal versions of the games now i own the playstation classic and like i enjoy it fine and at one point i had it all modded out with tons of other stuff on there but like i i have a whole video on why i unmodded it and like i still fire it up from time to time play a little ridge racer play a little tekken play a little final fantasy on there and i don't know the 10 frame difference doesn't drive me nuts or anything but i think once again like when you're talking about retro gaming <clears throat> for one and I can't believe the amount of times I've used this term in this stream, but it is a niche boutique market. Yeah. Um, and you're appealing to a certain class of consumer that nitpicks things in the same way that 4K film buffs do uh, who care about HDR and shit. So it's like, yeah, like you're you're and especially like when your retro gaming shit costs the extra money and it's up there on the most expensive tier of your service that only the hyper nerds are going to buy. You were really hanging yourself out there in a position, Sony, because it's like you knew people got mad about it on the PlayStation Classic. And then you were like, hey, you have to play a premium for this service that only mega nerds are going to be interested in. And those mega nerds are the same people that got mad about that on the PlayStation Classic. So I just think it's a really weird, we didn't learn from our mistake scenario, at least on the outside. Right. But I yeah. agree with you and I agree with um, what you've taken from MVG there uh, <laughs> that yeah. it could could be the case. Allegedly, dude, but like, dude, dude, allegedly, allegedly, I think you bring up a good point, though. And I think a lot of times both ways we give these companies um, either too much credit or not enough credit. And I feel like if you just apply what you've seen in like your regular life in the workplace, there's always movement in companies and there's always people getting promoted or changing jobs and things like that. So it is very likely that the people that are in charge of this department that are the curators of the PS1 classic games have likely never owned a PlayStation 1 or ever played PS1. And then they were just like, what's popular? Like, what are some games that we could put on there? And they just threw whatever... And it's because, again, they weren't the previous team that should know better. They're an entirely new team, and they're just like, we're just putting some fucking games because we hear people like these older games. So they don't know. And you see a lot of weird mismanagement 
um, in like not just exclusive to Sony, but like Microsoft as well, uh, and like any big company, uh, you see a lot of weird decisions get made that they end up just backpedaling on. Just recently, with uh, the new PlayStation uh, tiers, if you were one of those people that were like, I'm gonna buy um, a year of PS Now off CDKeys.com for dirt cheap, and then that way I get upgraded to the PS Premium tier. Uh, for nothing, Sony blocked you out from doing that. So you would just have this subscription that you paid a year for, and they're like, no, we're not, like, you can't you can't add that, you can't do anything. So they were, like, blocking people out from using, like, these update codes. And then just the other day, they were like, you know what? We fixed it. It was a glitch. And then people were like, was it? Were you just trying to get away with something? And it's like, yeah, you know what? They could have just been trying to do people dirty and then see if they could skate away with it but i also think too it's just like you have so many people in so many different departments and there's just a lot of miscommunication and then weird shit like that happens and i'll also refer to the whole ps4 to ps5 upgrade shenanigans that i went through and it's like yeah like it sounds good on paper, like it's this easy process, but turns out it's not because you have a disc that has a UK code on it that you purchased in the a magical land of Canada and somehow has the European. It's just the classic like left hand not talking to the right hand. Shit, yeah, right? it's like you said, like these companies are so huge. There's so many moving parts, uh, and I agree. Like in the corporate world, regardless of the size of corporation you're dealing with, like the only constant is change, right? Like yeah. there's. People are getting promoted. People are getting fired. Management is changing. People are quitting. People are companies are merging with other companies and buying each other out. Like everything is always in flux. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, I think, you know, because like they've been criticized as well. Like you touched on that a little bit for not only the performance of the games, but just like which games were chosen seemed yeah. a little random a lot of the time. Just so, like you said, it was almost like they just spun a wheel and were like, these are PlayStation 1 and PSP games. These are some of the titles these that have existed. These are already available on PS Now. They're like, let's not do any work. Let's do the least amount of work as possible. And then we're just yeah. going to repackage this, which I always felt like they were trying to do. They were just repackaging PS Now and PS Plus and then just rebranding it. And then people well, were they're just trying to fix the, the PR nightmare. Exactly. Like you said, right? Like they botched the launch of PlayStation now so hard that it has just carried a bad connotation ever since. And even when they improved that service drastically, yeah, nobody cared because it did all. It's like Stadia, like Stadia apparently actually got pretty good in the long run, but it will always be a laughing stock because of the launch it had. Totally. And like this whole time, I've been like, like, I feel like they're going to do little to no different. They're just combining the two services, calling it a new thing. And people were expecting this whole new thing with, like, they're like, they're like it's going to be like Game Pass. I'm like, no, dude, it's going to be just <coughs> PS Now and PS Plus. You're like, nah, bruh. No. And then, yeah, like, I feel like, again, this is where people don't give places enough credit is just like again like you just mentioned like even at your job wherever wherever you are right now at home watching from home um think of your job like how many people have left in the last year like how many how many new people you've got on and it's like it's hard to keep like a consistent vision across your company um the larger it gets when you have that much turnover there's and then it's just the 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 way of the times now like a lot of people are ditching jobs because they don't have like a good work from home 
uh, experience or they like they don't have any work from home and then they're trying to get people back in the office and a lot of people are like fuck that like I don't want to go back to the office um, there's so much change going on right now uh, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be rough for a lot of for both sides for a lot of these companies for the next foreseeable future and it sucks because we're the ones who pay for it because yeah like w- let's bring up um, buddy that we read about or you read about um canceling their game pass subscription who's just like i want all microsoft exclusives on yep. this service and it's like well bro like get a fucking job there and help them out because dude it's it's tough times right now keeping good talent and it's just it's just rough um and i think we're gonna see a lot more of that it's gonna be a lot more of a squeeze yeah i agree i just had a buddy uh leave my workplace today he's being there for years longer than i have and he was in a management role and it was just like a no notice up and out uh and yeah we see more and more of that right i get so many more emails than i used to about various people within that organization moving on to bigger and better opportunities uh and yeah i don't think it really says anything about the organization really it just says a lot about the times like you said like i think there's a lot of opportunity out there uh it's it's a hot market if you are looking for jobs there's a lot of places hiring because nobody can keep people uh and so just <clears throat> it's easier than ever to to pick up and leave you know than it's and a been lot of people are doing time. that like i can even speak from my own experience like i left a really good career and it paid really really well it paid way more than i think it should have and it was an awesome job i loved it but again i was kind of over with being at a physical place for 10 hours a day and like having to deal with people being shitty in person and i was just like you know what fuck that like i'm done i'm done i don't ever want to do that again and a lot of people aren't even leaving their jobs for bigger and better things they're leaving jobs for for just niceties and then probably taking huge compromises for that like they're leaving places just because it offers the shifts that they want and it's like i know a lot of people who quit my previous pl- uh, place I worked at, uh, and then they went to work for this other place that like probably gave them a thirty percent pay cut, but they worked Monday to Friday, and it was like, so like, yeah, I like you just you start to realize what things that you really want. You're like, do I want this extra bit of money, but like my days off are just garbage, or would I rather make a bit less and then I always have every weekend off? And like, yep. or some people are just like um i'll take a huge pay cut to just work from home and never have to go into a place yeah it really depends on the individual but i do agree like i think you're seeing a lot of people thinking about that money versus quality of life balance it will be interesting to see what the recession has an impact there right and like how many people start compromising again as money becomes scarcer uh but yeah It'll be it'll be interesting for sure. And and yeah, the game industry to bring it back home, the game industry is not immune to any of this, no. uh, in, including Sony, including Microsoft, you know, the big dogs. Um, <clears throat> I've been watching this uh, like history of Silent Hill series, and uh, they were talking in that about uh, Team Silent and how the Team Silent that made Silent Hill 4 was it was basically like you were saying like no even though it was still called team silent he was like silent hill 4 is like technically like the last game made by the original team but you could make the argument that like the original team was 90 percent gone after silent hill 2 
because yeah. there's just so much turnover and people just move on to different opportunities and stuff. There's like maybe three people working on Silent Hill 4 that worked on Silent Hill 1 and 2, right? It's like, oh yeah, uh, I but- worked on that game. What did you do in that game? Oh, I was, I modeled some of the assets for the level design. It's like a lot. A lot of the people that were it was neat. It was like at least the three guys that were still there. They moved up the ranks. So it was Mm. like they were just like modeling assets and stuff on games one and two. And now they were like head character model designer director and stuff like that, um, which was awesome. But yeah, the people that were already heading up the project have moved on to whatever other artistic endeavor they want to do next. Right. Like artists uh, most artists anyway don't want to just like work on the same thing forever it's why like even with a like thing like star wars you see so many different directors step in and step out of that universe because you just not everyone's a kevin feige right like not everyone wants to just do like one type of product for and that's it also it's just it's just the way with how things are right like if you are part of a team that makes a super successful product you're all going to look for raises and you're all going to look for like a promotion. And that's like, that's what disbands a lot of these like core teams that just have this magic in a bottle. And yeah, it's going to be really interesting if the quality of gaming can still keep up. Um, I'm a little worried with like both like the big boys uh, in this race of acquisitions and then just like getting all of these companies Cause I can only speak from personal experience and I've worked at places where like the parent company was bought out and it's just like, and then everyone's kind of like, well, I don't give a shit anymore because the company has been bought out and it's just like my boss might, might not even be my boss anymore. It might be some other person or they have to answer to somebody else. I don't know what the new direction is, so I'm just not going to give a shit. And it's just like that might happen. And you're kind of seeing that where, when you have so many things under your umbrella, there's no way that you can divide your attention equally to all of them. So some of them fall through the cracks and it's like, that's just the, that's just the way like you being a manager. Like if you have a team of like 500 people and it's just you, there's no way that you could split up your like undivided attention across 500 people in a reasonable way. Like you're absolutely like, yeah. people, are, people are just going to fall through the cracks. And it's just like, <laughs> how are we going to get through this? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be, we're going to see, we're going to have like, we're going to have some, we're going to have some bangers, but we're going to have a lot of dog shit. I'm pretty sure. Um, Speaking of dog shit though, I did play a new game over the last week, uh, weekend here. So I've been going through this thing of playing souls likes. So games that are not made by from software, but they are souls likes. And a couple got brought up repeatedly. uh, One of them being the surge Two. Um, and I purchased it on cdkeys.com, uh, for, I think I bought it for like five bucks and wow, it was dog shit. So again, I'm a soul snob. I say a lot of things are dog shit. These are the reasons why I didn't like this game. Um, this, the setting and the premise cool i like that it was just like okay futuristic people are more into cyborgs it kind of reminded me of that alita battle angel movie that came out a couple years ago um not nearly as good but again remind me of that kind of world that kind of setting i like that idea okay what i didn't like about this game is you kind of wake up and you're like in a hospital gown and your movement is limited. So you don't have your dodge button doesn't work and you have to wait until 
you put your clothes on to be able to dodge. I think that's stupid. Don't ever limit a character's full movement at the start of the game. I fucking, I hate. Do you think they did it because they were worried that if she started rolling around in her hospital gown, you'd see her coochie? Maybe, maybe, but like just put some underwear on her then. I don't know. Compromise your artistic vision a little bit, okay? So you don't see some uh, some lips flapping around. I don't know. Uh, but... I love it also like it had the steam controller layout uh, for this bit here. But um, yeah, like I, I didn't like that. And I was like, okay, so how do I dodge? And I'm like, I can't. So I just have to like walk around this person and then just like walk for an, far enough away so I don't get hit. Um, I didn't I, I didn't like that. I also didn't like the healing mechanic that they had. So in Souls games, you have a dedicated button for healing. Like you have an item and it replenishes at every checkpoint. So, like, you always have healing available to you. And this game, um, I know what they were doing. That's my hot gamer girl background, by the way, that people told me to get. Um, that you, I know what they were doing. They were trying to promote the player to be more aggressive. So, what they did is when you attack an enemy or you fight an enemy, you build up this meter and it's like this battery meter. And then once that meter builds up, you can use healing items or do special attacks or things like that. Don't do that. You could do that for like special attacks, but don't do that for like a necessary thing like healing. I think that's fucking stupid because I don't know. Like, I, I didn't promote the right thing for me, but I played this game for an hour and I was like, okay, not a fan. Um, and then another game, I don't even know if I have uh, good enough footage of it because I, I, I played it for like two minutes and then the controls were just so bad. And I was like, nope, can't do this was, uh, hell point. Uh, I think this is it right here. Yeah. This game right here, hell point, another $4 gem <laughs> that I bought. Uh, it felt like, what is it? Virtual fighter where you would jump and you jump like 500 feet in the air yes yes it is so yeah i think there's it right there like i was just like look how fucking high you jump oh, like, dude, that totally looks exactly like the virtual fighter one jump oh my god that's great um the controls were terrible and like the game just looked goofy as hell and i was just like i played it for like a couple of minutes i was like no no sorry i can't put myself through this i'm not gonna lie to myself and be like these games are good they're not they're fucking trash and I made a little part here where I was like, this is what every developer who makes a Souls-like does. They play the first Dark Souls game for 15 minutes and they're like, okay, I understand. Like they do the Halo TV series. They just say, they look at a few pictures, they play the first 15 minutes, they pick the night class that has way too much gear on, so you fat roll. And they're like, oh, this is, they must love when you fucking fat roll like this and this is how the movement should be and the weapon you start off with you're supposed to ditch that right away and you pick up your real weapon later on but that weapon does like two damage and then they're like oh okay so the game's hard because that you want your character to do fucking five damage and then the first enemy you run into has 5000 hp it's just like no that's not fun for anybody that's not difficulty that's just garbage um but yeah, Souls likes, man, they're all bad. I haven't played a good one yet. And I think, again, 
when you want to capitalize on something that's fucking hotness right now, whether it's Mashuga, whether it's fucking Halo, whether it's a Souls like, it's like don't just look at your source material for five minutes and then be like, okay, I get the gist of it. You should study it and ask like the audience like why they like certain things, and then that's what you should incorporate in your games. And again, a lot of these uh, developers that make fun of souls games for like how they look or like how dated they might appear to be none of these big players and a lot of them are big AAA developers have been able to copy the formula successfully um with all of their money and all of their resources and it's also because they reference a game that came out in 2011 where we've moved on and you should be looking at a game like elden ring or at least dark souls 3 that came out in 2016 and you should be like my game should play just as good as this if not better and that's the say, or like to go like a totally wild route and like try to develop a game that's innovative because like that's why those souls games were popular in the first place because it was because they were different than what was going on not because they were trying to like ape something that already existed yeah. i think anytime as an artist that you <clears throat> with any kind of art like that you step out trying to create the new hotness you're kind of missing the point right the new hotness is always the new hotness because it's different than like what's currently going on and it comes out and it gets buzzed because people are like, well have you heard this like it doesn't sound like anything i've heard before um it doesn't play like anything i've played before and whenever you're c- trying to kind of create a cookie cutter carbon copy of something that was successful for being innovative you're not going to see the same level of success um yeah absolutely i thought that was a really great analogy of uh what what's wrong with some of those souls likes that you have played so far and you know i'm gonna reserve my comments for now because we've been talking for almost two hours and god i could talk about this topic for two more hours but i'm about halfway through that halo tv series right now and i'm about ready to gouge my own eyes out with a rusty spoon i'm like, surprised I'm, like you've like you've oh, been watching this much like i'm proud of you like that's gotta be I, so painful <clears throat> to you to just watch a beloved franchise just be raped like just yeah. to just be raped right in front of pummeled, your eyes pummeled into yeah. the ground in every conceivable way when uh, like and i'm not gonna get into it too much this week but i'm just gonna say when chief found out in like the second or third episode that the halo was a weapon before ever traveling to halo i was like fuck this entire series and i'm still watching it because yeah it's like i'm so passionate about halo i feel like i'm almost obligated to watch it just so i can have an educated opinion on how terrible it really is uh and it's it is however a mixed bag because i continuously have been like this is one of the best looking shows on television the effects and the budget are fantastic right anytime that they spend five minutes actually putting the helmet on chief and like the few action sequences there have been have all been amazing it had it's i just man i've never seen something with so much potential just get fucked up so hard and it's it you could just the same budget and you could have just cookie cuttered the storyline from the first two video games and like repeated it with more dialogue inserted and you would have had a gold mine on your totally hands. like it would have made it so much easier to hate and dismiss if the cgi and everything was just dog shit like you're just like look at this fucking thing like what do they spend ten, like five g's on this like what the fuck but it, like you, like 
that was the biggest takeaway that I had from like the one episode, the two episodes that I watched. I was like, there's some serious money behind this. Like it looks fantastic. Like there is not a part in um like Jay just brought up here, the action scenes or the special effects, the backdrops or anything where you're like, that looks like a fucking painting. Like you're like, you're like, wow. Like, no, I feel immersed. Like I feel like I'm in the yeah. world. And that's what makes the sting sting that much more. I feel like is just like you're watching this thing and it's almost like they're doing it on purpose to shit on you. Like to be well, like, and they, and they, we had all this money and we could have made this fucking so great, but we're going to fuck it up right in front of you. I think they truly believe like I think that director and that team truly believe that they did something cool and original by not following the plot. And like, that's basically what they talked about. Like we wanted to do our own thing with the story and we really wanted to have the freedom with the characters and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, like just write your own goddamn show. Then like, don't take a treasured and beloved IP like that. And just like, don't give it the respect that it deserves. Uh, and yeah, it's painful for me as a fan because the show looks beautiful i want to love it the best comparison i can give and luckily i didn't feel this way because when i played halo infinite the gameplay was fantastic but it's like if halo infinite would have dropped and i looked at all the trailers and i was like wow that's the nicest looking halo game ever and then i went and played it and i was like oh man this gameplay is just dog shit and that's basically what it feels like it's like i'm just looking at something so beautiful and I want to enjoy it, but the actual experience of like sitting through it is just uber, uber painful for like anyone who's ever liked or enjoyed those games or spent any time with the comic books or the books or the other supplementary movies and animated films. Uh, just, yeah, it's a, there's just so many goddamn things wrong with this show. It's yeah, unreal. You know what? And I think we kind of we kind of touched on this at the beginning of the episode too, when we we're talking about Top Gun Maverick. And you look at why that movie's so successful. I can't speak to this because I haven't seen it. And then maybe I'll go see it in theaters. We'll see. We'll see how the almighty economy treat treats us. And then maybe we can make that happen. But um I've been hearing that it's one of the first I would modern blockbuster movies that uh isn't pushing the liberal message and mm. i don't want to be one of those people that's just like the the liberals are doing this or these people are doing i don't give a shit like we're on a planet in the middle of the universe that's supposedly endless and we're all made of carbon like we're all gonna die uh anyway uh it's one of the first big movies that isn't like pushing the normal narrative that you see nowadays where you have like this super ultra powerful female protagonist that has like does not need to like come to realization or like earn uh their strength or their abilities they're they've there's always the top and they just like they kick all the asses of their male counterparts because that's the narrative now or like you got to have all these uh I know you got to have all these different messages that you're pushing in these modern films. And it's one of the first movies in a while that's not doing that. And I think a lot of people find that refreshing and I believe you, I believe you. And I think you're right when the people that made the halo TV series and a lot of these other shows or a lot of these games, they probably are like, we did something cool. Like we did, yeah. 
like, they genuinely believe that like the story there's clearly a story here that they wanted to tell yeah and it's not the story that i wanted as a halo fan and it's not the story that halo originally told but i don't believe that like you were saying earlier i i at least i'm too optimistic to believe that they were literally like we're gonna fuck with halo fans like yeah, i don't no, think anybody's were, that shitty no. i think they genuinely thought the changes they were making were cool they're that freaking kachala or whatever freaking chuckly whatever her name is in this show uh mohawk girl um weird haircut girl uh, in the last episode I watched, there was like a scene where she was suddenly like leading all of these mercenaries and like insurgents and they were looking to her for the, the strategic battle plan. And she's like, here's what we're going to do. And someone was like, who's in charge? She's like, I am. And it ties in so perfectly with what we were saying there about like at no point in this show has she earned being in that role. Like master chief doesn't have to earn it during the show because he's the master chief. Like if yeah. you started a movie and it was in media res, as they say, mid story and captain America is already captain America. And you know that you're working in a world where there's like 80 years of captain America, comic books and movies and shows, then yeah, you don't need to explain to me why he's a badass. wonder yeah. woman. Okay, let's take a female protagonist. Same thing. If I come in in the middle of a Wonder Woman movie, I'm not like, hey, why is everyone turning to Wonder Woman for the battle plan? I'm like, yeah, she's fucking Wonder Woman. I'd turn to her too. That's what you do. But this girl literally has always just been framed kind of as a cling along loser beside Master Chief for like four yeah. or five episodes. And she suddenly was like this uber dope warrior that everybody was turning to because she like, I don't know, had a moment of personal realization that that's who she was. And I was like, that's not really how like becoming a badass warrior works, though. You don't just yeah. kind of like wake up one morning and look in the mirror and be like, I'm a warrior. And then you suddenly are. Like you train for years and get kidnapped in your childhood, like Master Chief, and injected with weird nanobots and shit. Like I don't know, it just it didn't make sense in that universe. And I, <clears throat> I am, for the record, I vote on the liberal side of politics. For those of you here in the Great White North, I don't mind being open about my politics. I was typically an NDP guy, which is pretty leftist. Um, and even I, in the modern age, have gotten pretty tired of the idea that it feels very forced into a lot of storylines right now in movies and TV shows, this idea of the super strong female character, um, you know, and it's, I want to see strong female characters in media, but Absolutely. I want to, be I want to believe them in media. Right. That's and true. I don't want to feel like they're there just to serve that purpose in the way that it became a joke back in the day that every sitcom had like a token black character. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, so now we have the token strong female protagonist character who has to and outshine all of the male dummy white guy characters. That's right? just like inept, stupid, and like can't do anything on their own. Uh, I just I, watched the newest James Bond movie last night, and it features both of those characters entirely, right? Because yeah. they had, like, James Bond as a retired James Bond. They had to have a strong female black secret agent who had taken over as 007 so that they could have a rivalry about the. And, you know, they couldn't just have it be a strong black female 007. They had to have her constantly say things like, does it bug you? that I'm 007 now and be really like cocky and douchey about it for yeah. a lot of the movie. Um, right. 
and just so that people in the audience could be like, yeah, you go, girl. I bet it does bug him because he's a white man. Yeah, um, it's about I don't know, time. It, it's about it, time. <laughs> right? And I was like, no, it's like it's it just feels so hammy and forced. Um, and same thing, like there was a like a loser, typical white guy, CIA agent protagonist character. Definitely. That's like upset, uh, like kind of offset against her as the two new characters that are introduced to the franchise. Right. And. Yeah, I agree entirely. It was also like in the female Ghostbusters reboot, which is the worst atrocity of all time. Um, Chris Hemsworth's character is the most perfect example of that because they were like, yeah, women are always cast as attractive and stupid. So we cast him as the attractive, stupid male secretary. Ha ha ha. And I was, it just, it feels so goddamn forced. And it, it, I was like, two wrongs don't make a right feminist ghostbusters like I was like, making a hollow male character doesn't erase all of the shitty hollow female characters in cinema history it just gives you a character in your movie that contributes fucking nothing you yeah. know so like i don't know and for the record ghostbusters isn't the right movie to do that with because janine melvitz the secretary in the original ghostbusters is a cool fucking character yeah she always was she was actually a pretty well-developed female character so it didn't even work as like a play on the particular series you're doing it just yeah. felt like a just a stick it to hollywood sort of thing i and think I, yeah i don't know i just you know what i think what happens again and again it's what we talked about earlier with gaming it's like it's not what i said when i was like jokingly like yeah we're gonna fuck this we're gonna fuck this franchise up for the fans i think what happens is you get these people who have this story idea and they're like we have a great idea for a tv series we want a strong female protagonist and this male protagonist who's kind of lost his way um, and is kind of questioning the decisions that he made to get him where he is today. And then we have this uh, new female protagonist that comes in, kind of shows him how strong that she, blah, 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 blah. They have this idea for their initial vision. And then the people in charge, the producers, uh, the uh, like the big film companies are like, you know what? We like that. We don't have a vehicle to sell that on, though. Uh, we don't think that's strong enough to sell on its own. So here's what we'll do. We got a Halo TV series in the works here, and we want you to come on and direct that and qu incorporate your story with this franchise. And then they're like... I agree. They're like, okay, like, I kind of want to get my story across, though. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, do that. Uh, you just have to modify it a little bit and make it like Halo. And you're like okay i guess i can do that and then they're also making that compromise because everybody again wants a promotion everybody wants to move up in life and they're like okay i'm not getting a hundred percent of my vision but i'm getting 80 percent of it but it's got to be i think it swings both ways right because i yeah. think like we've talked before about like the only movies making any money in hollywood and theaters and stuff now is like marvel movies the batman star yep. wars like that's the stuff that's keeping the theater industry alive everything smaller just goes to streaming so if you're a director and you want to make a movie for the big screen and these studios are like, hey, small time director, we like some of your shit. We want you to do Batman. Right. And you're That's not really exactly a Batman guy. Right. And you go, well, I've got all these ideas that I'd love to get on the big screen. Maybe I can work them into a Batman movie. 
Yeah. Right. I think that's what a lot of, so it's not even the studio necessarily being like, we want to twist your vision. It's just them being like, we have this property and directors just being like, well, this is my opportunity to make a huge budget Hollywood movie. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to have to make sure that I can get as much of what I wanted to put into any other movie and somehow work it into this property that they've given me. So the other thing that occurred to me last night while watching that James Bond movie, and this is the last point I'll make about female protagonists for now, but the the cliche that is now being built of the ham-handed, uh, she's just here to serve the purpose kind of female protagonist that we're complaining about a bit here. The other thing I noticed is that there used to be this test they would teach me about in writing school for writing a non-shallow female character, right? And the rule was that if they never have a conversation during the thing that doesn't have to do with men and what the men want, then it's a shitty, shittily written character, right? Because typically women written by men often are only talking about, oh, I want to be with Prince Charming. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. And that's her only goal in the story is that she wants to be with this guy or that she has to choose between these three guys. Right. Yeah. And, and they were like, well, there should be something else she fucking cares about in life. You know, that's not a realistic woman. It's not a realistic anything. Right. Uh, and I agree with that. But what we have now with the strong female protagonist stereotype that we've built in Hollywood is the opposite, which is that they have no goals and no romantic interests, no life outside of being a strong female protagonist. So this uh, new 007 had no role in the film other than to be a badass female spy and also to constantly rub it in men's faces that she was a badass female spy and be like, does it bug you that I'm 007? Uh, and I was like, man, like, James Bond was always like sleeping with broads. Why couldn't you have also had a storyline about her? Like, I don't know, like sleeping with a bunch of dudes while she was a spy or like having a particular dude she was chasing after. Or you could have had Moneypenny retire and replace Moneypenny with a male secretary and ever flirt with him. Like, I don't know. There was just a bunch of options where you could have given me something that she has a life or desires because like James Bond is like a cold, hard ass super spy and he still wants to sleep with women. Like, I don't know. It just didn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah. Cause they I didn't just, want to slut think, shame or they, I don't know. They, right? like, they're like, no, that's not the brand. That's not, that's not the image we're going for. And yeah. And I, I completely agree. And again, I want to rephrase this cause it's not, Again, it's coming from the two worst people. It's coming from two oh, white yeah. cis males. Two white dudes. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a uh, million people that have already just deleted this podcast. In the, yeah, in the Pacific Northwest. Who You're have, done. Who have never seen adversity in their life uh, and have had everything handed to them. Um, not true, but up, I'll take I'll take it. I'll take it. But um, we're not against a strong female protagonist. So... I want to get that clear. And there's there's a way to do it, and there's a way to do it where it's fucking kick-ass. Ripley kicked fucking ass. Pretty much any movie with Sigourney Weaver where she was, like, the main lead kicked fucking ass. And there's, like, there's ways that you can write these characters where um, they're believable. 
because they they don't just start off like super badass. They learn hard lessons. They have failures and then they overcome that or they get past that or they move past it. And then you're, you're along the ride with them. And you're just like, wow, look at this person overcome adversity and then come out a badass. And they've Ripley earned it. is the best example you possibly could have come up with. And I love that you did. And yeah. like you said, there's a journey. She doesn't just start the movie badass and end the movie badass, right? Like she starts the movie as the person they brought along because she's like a sciencey person, right? Yeah. She's just there to be smart. Stuck and she has to science, learn bitch. to be a badass, right? And then in Alien, she already kind of is a badass because she had to live through that shit. And yeah. you believe that that would have turned her kind of badass. Uh, and, you know, like, I just I love that. And she is constantly like outsmarting male characters, uh, putting the Marines in their place and showing them that she's the real badass. But like I bought it the whole time. And, and it was part of a journey. And then she also has other desires, though. Like, she really cares about Newt in the second movie. And yeah. she wants to protect Newt. And she has this whole kind of surrogate daughter thing because her daughter died. Yeah. I don't well, know. Think I of just... the first one, like exactly that you brought up. <clears throat> she's a scientist. And she's part of the science team. And you start off, like, not liking her because she's stuck up science bitch. And she's like... Uh, no, I'm not letting you motherfuckers back in the ship because you could be contaminated. And people are like, fucking let them in. And then she's like, no, that goes against protocol. And then you're just like, this bitch. And then they, they over they overcome her objections and they go against what she says. And when she's proven right, even in Aliens, the sequel, at no point is she like, does that bother you that I was right this whole time? No. It's kind of just like, yeah, like... Um, a good example is the second movie aliens where, uh, she's like, she's like, fuck that. Like, we're like, I'm not going back there or like, we're not doing this or just fuck it. Like do that. At no point did she go, I told you so she just is reactionary and she takes the loss when it happens, when all the men are like, whoever is like, uh, no, settle down broad. We're going to go do it our way. She's just like, okay. And then when they do it their way and it blows up in their face, she's just kind of like, all right, now this is how we get over this. She doesn't yeah, spend. And they, they turn to her for the, that moment. Right. But I agree. She doesn't waste time being like, does it bug you that I was mm. right about everything? Um, the character's believable. And it's believable that in that moment, you wouldn't care about proving a point. You would care about getting the fuck away from the alien. You know, like, yeah. it's just it's time to work. Uh, and her character gets like, to work when it's time to work. I, I love that character, and I think that that's a brilliant uh, one to bring up as a strong female protagonist. I was actually a big fan of the newest Tomb Raider movie, even though it got kind of like lackluster reviews. I thought it was really good. I thought she was a good, strong female protagonist. So definitely, like, I'm, I want to get behind <clears throat> strong female characters in movies. I don't want any character to feel like I can read through the script yeah. And be like, oh, this is why you're in this story. And this is right? what I'm supposed to be being told right now. And that's yeah. why the first Wonder Woman movie did so well is because there's that first montage bit in the beginning where it shows her growing up and she's kind of of a bratty kid that's just like, I'm so great. And then her mom has to be like, no, like you're going to get put in your fucking place if you don't do things the right way and you don't do things the honorable way. And then that's what made her a better person. So by the time it flashes to current time where she's an adult and she is Wonder Woman, you're like, she's well grounded now. And she's like, she's learned all this stuff. And that's why you could believe that character. And they show you she's like lived through a couple worlds 
world wars, yeah. right? Because she's like hundreds of years old. Exactly. So it's just like you you believe why she's strong. You believe yeah. why she's wise, right? Um, and once again, like not that everything needs to be about sex, but Wonder Woman has romantic interests and Wonder Woman has goals outside of just being strong and Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. Like she, you know, when she's trying to save people, it's because she cares about people. It's not so she can turn around and be like, does it bug you world that I'm Wonder Woman? You know, like, it's like, boom. no, she's, no man she's, could do that. And like superpose is like, no, it was just because she wants to save those people. Uh, I do want to ask you, did you watch uh, the new Obi-Wan premiere that just came out on Disney Plus? Yeah, boy. Watched both episodes first day that they were out. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we can segue into this. So this brings us to current day where this happens. So, again, this could be a very cool character. Mm-hmm. I don't like how it's being implemented right now because it's like it's what ten years past episode three, and then there's this like super badass, super powerful Sith lady who, yeah, they kind of with one bit of dialogue, they were like a lot of the remaining Jedi did switch to the dark side. It's like, does that make any sense? I don't know. Um, I know there's whole canon that I don't understand because I don't follow Star Wars that hardcore. I'm an OT fan, as some would say, the original trilogy. Um, But I immediately, when this character came up, and then there was like the, I won't ruin it for others, there was like the twist with who the real antagonist is, and I was just like, I saw that coming. So one of the issues... One of the issues with this uh, that I saw in the original prequels and you see it with the sequel trilogy and you just see it with Star Wars in general with them trying to um, put enough woke culture into the film to satisfy modern audiences is that it creates plot hole continuity Mm -hmm. out of the idea of why were women respected and powerful in the galaxy up until episode four and then suddenly weren't for a long period of time and then instantly were again once Disney took over? Like in those original movies, no one in the Empire is like a woman ever. Like you just don't see any women on the Death Star other than Princess Leia being in captivity, right? Because the film was made in a time where people just sort of viewed the whole military as mainly dudes. Yeah. And like for, for the record, like it still mainly is like, yes, we've gotten way more accepting of women being in the military and stuff, but like shocker, there's still many, many more men in the military than women. It's realistic to show mostly men in a military scenario. Um, and, you know, we see this on the rebel side too, where all of the fighter pilots are dudes and all of the dudes telling them how they're going to go blow up the Death Star are dudes. And I think mm. there's like Mon, Mon Mothma's like the super out of place one. Like there was one or two women in power on the rebel side to show that they were better than the empire. Right. You got to have, they're, yeah. they're, they were a little more woke even in the And 70s. they were in positions of power. Like she wasn't just some yeah. grunt. Yeah. She was like and the like, fucking leader. Badass. Leia is a great female lead. Leia has desires. She originally can't decide whether she wants to be with Luke or Han. It's okay. She doesn't know it's incest. Get over it. (laughs) Um, You know, like she has desires that she feels bad about her home planet being blown up. Obviously, that was a very, very emotional scene for her. She cares about the people of Alderaan. Um, 
And yeah, she's empowered in a pretty cool way, even though she's a bit of a bitch about it a lot of the time in episode four. Um, but she was a very ahead of her time character. And I think that that is another really great example of that. But yeah, once again, it's like, well, then you get to the end of Return of the Jedi and then suddenly the First Order has like Captain Phasma, which is like a badass, like female Boba Fett, basically, as yeah, a character. Who did like you start- nothing ever and just like dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was so dumb because like the the in episode seven, too, you built the mystique where I was like, oh, this is your new Boba Fett. This is the character that's going to show up for very small amounts of time in a cool suit. And it's yeah. just going to create this like image in a kid's head. And they're going to be like, I want to know more about that person. But you're going to have to read comic books and stuff to find out about. Them. I was totally sold on it in episode seven. I was yeah. like, all right, me too. Fuck yeah. And then like, like <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> to be fair, that is the story of that trilogy is I was very sold on it at episode seven. Yeah. And then you fucked a lot of shit. Up, yeah. They were like, right? oh, yeah. Like, what yeah. about this person? Fuck him. <laughs> I just I dead. swear, like they should have just had Abrams make three movies because like I honestly think if, if episode eight hadn't gotten so effed up that episode nine wouldn't be have been left cleaning up a giant mess. And I think if you could have just had him make three movies that all had a continuous continuity, you'd be fine. Yeah, but totally. Here we are. But yeah, so did you kind of feel the same way, like, or what were your thoughts when you saw this antagonist? Or I'm still divided on her. I mean, <clears throat> I do agree that, like, unfortunately, she's put in that position where I was like, yeah, of course, there's a strong female Sith warrior because there has to be. Uh, yeah. And of course, she like, you know, there's the twist where she's, you know, going to like spoilers spoiler alert turn off our podcast 28 people who listen okay. to it but yeah, yeah so she kills she kills the grand inquisitor i saw it coming um we were like oh but, this is gonna be the main bad guy for the series and they're like nope it's this person now yeah it's which kind of sucks too because the grand inquisitor if i remember correctly was one of the things that people were stoked was in the show because he was in uh legends continuity mm-hmm. uh originally or at least in clone wars i can't remember one of the two um, but another one of those characters where they were just like, yay, we finally get to see him in live action. And then they had to just like kill him off in the second episode. Um, but overall, it, just to br- bring it home on Obi-Wan for a second, uh, I saw way more positive about the show than bad about the show. And I do think it's continued the current legacy of the Disney plus content being much stronger than that sequel trilogy was. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the Mandalorian Boba Fett and now this have all been consistently of a, of a high standard so far. The Boba Fett um, show I found uh, personally, like again, uh, we don't have to share the same opinion, but I found the Boba Fett show a uh, book of Boba Fett to be kind of it was pretty meh in comparison to the Mandalorian for me personally. And I felt the best episodes of the season were the ones that included the Mandalorian. But that's just my I opinion. think I think the Boba Fett had a slow boil. I agree it got a little bit better with the Mandalorian, but I think even Boba Fett did some really cool stuff in the last episode or two I was pretty happy with. Um, but I definitely thought that like uh, you know, like we've compared compared Halo to that, that show with that issue of just the main issue of the book of Boba Fett to me is just that he spends so much time with the helmet off. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And it's just, no, like this character, when I was a kid, like uh, I'm old. So there was only the original trilogy when I was really young. It wasn't even the special editions yet. I had the box set that was just the the THX. Yeah. THX remasters. So the audio and the video was better still on VHS 480p, mind you. Um, But it it had been remastered to a clearer, better 480p. But there were no edits. This was still the original uh, theatrical releases from the seventies. And that's what I originally grew up with. You saw like a total of maybe 15 minutes of Boba Fett content in that entire trilogy. Totally. So Boba Fett was all about the mystique and you had never seen him without his helmet on. Uh, then the, the prequels come along and kind of spoil that by not showing you Boba Fett without his helmet on by showing you his dad and then explaining that he's just a clone of his dad and then having the same actor play, all of the clones and his dad and etc. So you're like, well, yeah, that's, I guess that's what Boba Fett looks like then. Cause he's an unaltered clone of Django Fett. Um, and yeah, so I don't know the prequels kind of botched that up already, but you at least could have had him walk around with the helmet on for 90% of the show and, and kind of gone back to that original mystique filled look of the character. I don't think that he has to take the helmet off nine times out of 10 that he's on screen uh even if you had just shown it once it almost would have been cool to leave it as a reveal it like till later in the series almost like they did with the mandalorian because i feel like if you hadn't shown me his face for most of the series and like maybe somehow managed in the internet age to not leak that it was the same actor and then have him remove the helmet and then I would have been like, oh, right, because he's a clone of Django Fett. So yeah. it's the same dude. And that would that could have been actually like a cool reveal of something that you sort of already knew but weren't thinking about. Right. Where, yeah. you, where you're like, oh, right. And you connect the dots. And instead, it's just like the show opens with him without his helmet on. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. The problem I think that happens with a lot of these shows when you're making new content Um, and you, you, I think you exactly nailed on the head there is you just open up these continuity problems because you want to make new content. And with that new content, you want to introduce new characters that represent, uh, the modern age that you're making that content in. And it just, it just opens up these problems that you have to find fixes for. And it's a problem that Marvel runs into a lot of the times, like the Eternals. There's like these everlasting beings. And it's like, well, where the fuck were you during like the whole Thanos thing? And they're like, well, we made, we swore that we would not inter- interfere with uh, things in the world. And it's like, it's like, but you kind of do already. So why wouldn't you just do what's right? Yep. And it's just like, so you have these shitty one line pieces of dialogue that explain their absence during these key moments. And it's a problem that you're going to continue to run into. And that's kind of what I feel like they ran into because they made the Mandalorian and they made, um, they made him so badass. And then you have this other character that you uh, pretty much carbon copied. Uh, and then now you're introducing this character back and it's like, well, how do you differentiate the two? It's like, okay, well, we got to take his helmet off all the time or we got to make him a certain way. And I'm like, in my opinion, you might not share the same opinion, but I was just like, he kind of made him a bitch. Like, I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like he was this badass bounty hunter that's been bounty hunting since the beginning of fucking time. Uh, he was kind of a bitch. And then he was kind of, Well, I think the, the, the journey of the character was meant to be, you know, that he finally wasn't that character anymore, which also begs the question of, 
and maybe this is just because the actor's getting older, right? Who yeah. played him in the prequels. But it begs the question of like, why the fuck do I want a show about an old Boba Fett when he's done being a bounty hunter? And he decides that he's going to take over Jabba's palace because I thought he was going to take over Jabba's palace and be a badass warlord. But then he's like, no, I want to rule out of trust, not fear. Jabba ruled out of fear over people and he was a dick. I'm going to be the nice guy that rules at Jabba's palace. And I was like, I don't need a show about Boba Fett, the nice guy. I need a show about what he did for 10 years before he caught Han Solo when he was just like flying around, killing tons of people for money. That or, sounds like a cool Boba Fett show. Or like he could have, you could have made it like a, like a semi revenge tale, like kind of like payback with Mel Gibson. So like this gangster that did him dirty, left him for dead. Like I don't know. And then he's like, I'm gonna fucking take over your palace, and then I'm gonna get back at all of the people that were a part of that group, uh, and get what i deserve and then he just yeah, like, instead of having jabba already be dead when he gets there basically right yeah. like you could have had him crawl out of the sarlacc pit and have it be a whole show about him having to exactly like exact his revenge on jabba's little militia that yeah. could have been sick yeah i don't know oh, no. what yeah i was just like <laughs> i was just gonna say like i feel like we touched on some really good topics there but again i just do want to reiterate that um, and I, I don't know if any of our viewers are female or potential females, but uh, we don't hate strong female characters and I want to see more of them. But I think what a lot of people are asking for is for the circumstances to be believable. And I feel like if you just copy like you could copy the tried and true tropes that have been the same for male dominated movies and then just write a strong female character, you could copy the same tropes and have it be awesome and then and just make your own stories. But I do empathize and I feel like the issue is um, a lot of these people that want to make these stories can't find the funding for it because, again, all of the movies that are successful at the moment or drive the theater experience are huge blockbuster superhero movies and there is no in between it's either you're a super blockbuster hero movie or you're the fucking indie horror movie that cost uh fifty thousand dollars to make and there's no in between so if you want to tell these huge stories yeah you're gonna get tacked on to some superhero franchise or some known um ip that is known to sell and then you uh kind of put yourself in that well, hopefully I come out the other side successful and people like the work that I do and then I'll be able to do the stories that I want to do. And I feel like we see a lot of that, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Shout outs to the new Batman movie for having Catwoman come off as believable and badass, uh, but also not feeling that she needed to like outshine Batman for two thirds of the movie or something. I think, uh, Zoe Kravitz's Batman there or a Catwoman in, in the Batman is another really well done strong female character. Yeah, it that was I a, actually was very happy with. It was a grounded Catwoman without her having to be Michelle Pfeiffer falling out a window and having cats lick the powers into her. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just like it's like, yeah, girl raised by a gangster and like had a shitty upbringing and then had to learn how to be tough on the street. It's like, yeah, yeah. okay. I can connect. A lot of people connect with that. 
Um, hundred percent. And it was grounded. It was real. She had her own motivations, right? Like she had desires out of just like being a badass jewel thief. Like she wanted revenge for her dead mother, all sorts of cool stuff going on. So, yeah. And I hope to see, I hope, I feel like we're in this weird time. I feel like it's a good place to end it. Uh, we're in this weird time where we want all of these changes, but we don't know the way to go about it. And mm. so we're just, we're trying all these things out. We're trying to force it into places. Um, and I feel like slowly we're learning that that's not the way to do it. And it doesn't come off as genuine. And um, the, uh, the, the general viewing audience is a lot smarter than people make them out to be. And people can see, like, um, I don't believe any of this and it just completely takes me out of the immersion versus when you spend a little bit more time and you make these stories that people can connect with and then it just makes you like the character a whole lot more yeah i I 100 percent agree with that for sure but uh yeah i think that's it for us unless you got anything else you want to bring up before we rock out of here that's about it for me man that's all i got this week (laughs) that's all that's all that's it that's how we should end it that's all we got this week, folks. Um, yeah, Jay Retro, where can people find you? These days, they can find me on Instagram at jfree86. And they can also find me uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash jretro. I have uh, trashed my my Twitch channel. I also tw- trashed TikTok and Twitter. I don't know if those ones will stay trashed forever. I, I think, you know, maybe I just need an intermission from some of social media. Uh, Twitter might come back at some point. I still read Twitter. I'm just not on there these days. Uh, but I'm on Instagram, which is still at jfree86. Uh, and yeah, youtube.com slash jretro. I'm going to be streaming over there now when I do stream. So yeah. follow, subscribe to your boy, youtube.com slash jretro. And uh, yeah, cooking up some cooking up some new stuff. What do you got coming out? Where can they find you? So I've... Also been streaming on YouTube for quite a bit, and I've been hitting it up a lot more lately uh, because, I don't know, I just felt like it. I was just like, you know what? I'm kind of burnt on making curated content, so I'm just going to fucking do some live streaming, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, I will be doing some curated content again. I just put a poll up on my YouTube page uh, for what the next video that you want to see from me is going to be. And let's see what the votes are at right now. Yeah, got about 200 votes, and it's about what I expect. But um, it's funny. The, the social medias that you've dropped are the opposite of mine. So for me, I kind of, I'm feeling like, I haven't made it official yet, but I'm feeling like I'm going to ditch Instagram. And mm. here's my reasons why. Because I feel like Instagram is no longer what it used to be. And Instagram, I feel like now is one of the things that kind of mentally doesn't make me feel good because it's just like a lot Mm. of people posting like very glamorous uh, snapshots of their life that aren't necessarily true. And when I see the behind the scenes of a lot of people's posts and a lot of like editing that they do to their photos Mm -hmm. before they post them, I'm just like, the world's a lie. And I'm like, I thought you were just like taking a picture and then you just posted Instagram. No, furthest thing from the truth. Like a lot of people, they take their photo, they take 20 photos, they pick the one they like the most, then they move that one to the photo editing app and they fucking clean the shit out of that photo and like do a lot of touch-ups and edits. And then after they're done that, then they post that to their Instagram. And it's just like, okay, so everything's fake. And 
I just find the ways to get success on Instagram are just not what I want to do. And I don't want to like post shitty curated pictures every single day and like putting out a fake facade. I just want to be real. And then that's why I'm just like, you know what? I'm not into it. Um, so I feel like I'm going to drop that one. Twitter, I've kind of taken a similar approach to you. Like I still read Twitter. So what I've done is there's a feature called Twitter lists and I've just made some lists of just like all the gaming news that I follow and like regular news. Mm. And then I can just look at that. I don't have to look at like other people's shit. And then I have one that's got like all my friends and then I can look at their posts. But I just find again on that platform, like a lot of social media, unless you're making like super controversial hot takes that are going to piss people off, you're going to get no engagement. Like if you're just like, if you're just posting like reasonable, logical posts, like just like, I like the new Obi-Wan show. <laughs> like no one's going to care. But if you're like, like I hate this kind of, people this genre of people it's like yeah you're gonna stir up some shit or you're just like i think playstation is like gonna fail like you're gonna yeah that's how you get engagement and i'm also not into that as well like i'm not into stirring up shit for the sake of stirring up shit just to get a higher engagement score but i do use twitter as a tool to get up to date on certain news and then also too i find when you're in a creator status like we are, uh, where you're the small time creator, like until you like you've got like a hundred thousand followers or subs or whatever, we're all kind of like this group at the bottom that's like fighting over the scraps, and like you you read all these like ways to hack Twitter or like get more engagement or whatever, and it's like you got to post this many times a day or like do this or do that. And then you look at the people that have millions of followers and you look at the type of shit that they post. I'm like, they're not doing that. Like, they'll just be like, like, I think ham sandwiches are cool. And then 50,000 retweets and like 50,000 likes. And it's like, dude, they're not doing any of that shit. It's just like us because we're fighting for this bottom pool here. And I find that a lot with a lot of social media. And yeah, TikTok is one of those things where it's just like it's a necessary evil because that is currently the new hotness right now and everyone's got a fucking TikTok and you have to. We're probably going to put clips of the show on there as well. So follow us on TikTok, apparently. Um, And then YouTube. Again, YouTube is just like unless you are making videos about like a hot topic that people are searching for, uh, you're just you're going to get drowned out. Like there's just, there's just so many videos. There's so many things that YouTube has to recommend to people. It's not going to recommend random ass channel, like talking about whatever, like you might come up in like a little niche search, but like, unless you're a thing that people are talking about searching about right now, it's going to be super hard to be discovered. So that's just, I'm just kind of looking at my ROI and then also just like, I'm kind of in this attitude, like, fuck it. I'm just going to do what I want. Well, that's where, honestly, that last statement, and maybe we should just close it there, but yeah, fuck it, do what you want. And like, that's that's a huge thing for me of why I was just like, I'm just going to do YouTube and Instagram. I was like, I like taking photos of stuff, and I still like enjoy making videos and streaming, but I have too many platforms. Uh, I just I just don't enjoy tweeting. I don't like doing it. It always felt like something I was doing out of obligation because it was mm-hmm. like something I was supposed to do as a content creator. And like, yeah, I got to tweet more. I tweet more times a day. So they tell me to do. And I was just like, 
I cannot remember the last time I enjoyed being on Twitter. Um, and like TikTok, I I feel the way about TikTok that you feel about uh, Instagram for sure, where it's a lot of fakeness. It's a lot of these, you know, just like little semi choreographed dances and shit uh that i don't give a shit about and it's it's the worst one for me in my adhd for just being a time tunnel where i'll go on tiktok and like three hours later i'm like oh my god i just watched like three hours of 30 second clips that i didn't give a shit about oh yeah i just i doom scroll so bad on there it's terrible uh so honestly like those ones i felt like were just like i don't want to be that engage with social media on that active of a basis that both of those platforms demand because i was popping off on tiktok to a minor degree for a while but when i was doing that i was spending like an hour a day just replying to comments on all of my tiktoks and i'm like no i don't want i don't want to spend an hour a day doing that i want to spend an hour working on a new youtube video instead i can't remember who said this but like somebody was like if you go on a binge of YouTube, at least you come out the other side being like, I know everything there is to know about why rabbits hibernate uh, in this part of the year, blah, 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 blah. When you binge TikTok for three hours, you're like, I didn't learn anything. I just saw a bunch of titties. And you're like, that's... And if you did learn something, you learned it for like 10 seconds. You probably forgot it after five clips of titties right afterwards. Like, Yeah. yeah, it's just the way that that media is delivered to you. I, I totally agree. It's like today I watched like four hours on the history of Silent Hill. It's not an important topic, but I walked away knowing a hell of a lot more about the development and history of Silent Hill. Yeah. Is that useless information? Probably. But could you I write a thesis it. on it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But yeah, man, uh, do what you enjoy. Do what you want. Just yeah. keep the social media you want. Fuck but we'll have it. to change the logo behind below my, my box, I guess. And go look for me on Twitter. I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there. I'll just I'll just put your Instagram up. All yeah, right, everybody. We'll work on that next week. Fuck it. Do what you want. We're out of here, everybody. Do, do what you want. Do what you want. Baba Booey. Cheers, everybody. Peace.